Thank you so much for your patience while you've waited for a brand new episode. And here it is tapping in episode 80. In this episode, we're going to talk about everything we kind of talked about on this podcast, which is how does jujitsu translate to real world life? Situations, experiences, things that might happen in the office, in marriage, in relationships, in just your regular everyday living situations. We also bring in a couple friends of the podcast and guests as we do a random Saturday recording of this episode. So sit back, enjoy tapping in episode 80. Enjoy the show. Boom, we're here. In like, I don't even know. In like Flynn? In like Flynn. I didn't even know if that's a, like a, a relative, you know, modern statement. It oh, sounds yeah, like an old guy statement. It's still there. You know, it's funny you say. I try and avoid the old guy statements a lot of times. So... I'm glad you brought that up. We got a lot of topics we were talking <laughs> for the for the ten minutes we sat here, but we were getting it ready. Uh, last night, I'm out to I'm out to dinner with my wife and uh, the kids, the lovely Stephanie. Oh yeah, big Stefanowski, and uh, we were talking about fashion. And I was like, you know, I just saw a meme the other day. I have a question about fashion too. All right, All right cool. And so it was like this. it was like millennials holding on to the skinny jean trend, and I was like. <laughs> Are skinny jeans done? She's like, babe, they're done. I'm like, but what am I supposed to wear? And then we start talking about like, at what point do you stop trying to keep up with the trends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, I remember my mom, like my mom used to dress like a mom. And I was like, yeah, but I think social media has really changed that. Because now you have access to style and fashion and even like things like restaurants, right? I saw something was like, who else grew up thinking Red Lobster and Olive Garden was fine dining? And I was like, yeah, because when you're a kid, that's like all that's in your area. So if you're like, if you don't really branch like out. cheese muffins, though. Cheese biscuits. <laughs> Is that what they Cheddar Bay biscuits. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go. Whereas now with like social media and everything, like you realize like there's this restaurant, that restaurant. Right. This, uh, I, like times have just changed in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I feel like social media made the world smaller and information right at your fingertips where it's impacted everything. You look at someone who's 35 today. Yeah. And look at someone who was 35 in 1990. Okay. That person from 1990 looks like they're 50 today. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. You it's know, a we, different, as far as the fashion look of older people. Yeah. They, yeah. They're showing these things like what people look like when they were 50 back in like 1980. And it literally looks like grandparents. Yeah. Which well, is uh, weird. They'll be like the New York Knicks starting lineup in 1994. And you're like, <laughs> they look 40 and they're in their yeah, 20s. Right. Latrell Sprewell. And oh, my crap. God. Patrick Ewing. Yeah, and they yeah. all had those little skinny mustaches. Like they yeah. all looked like <laughs> grown men on their third marriage. And they were 26 year old kids. It's like, what is happening right I now? I don't know what it is. Like, uh, all right, let me just take it. There's three things that go through my mind. Number one, what gives you your cue with fashion, though? Mm like when I was that age, GQ magazine was a thing, you know, men's health like went into the old fashioned thing. But what was your cues? Like growing it, up or right now? You, let's start with growing up. Like what were your cues? My mother. My mother taught me how to dress, how to do all that oh, fun seriously? stuff. Seriously? Yeah, like if yeah, you wore yeah. something bad, she'd say, uh-uh, take it off. So it, it got to the point where my mom taught me how to coordinate. She said, you know, you don't want you don't want to match with all the colors. You don't want to wear green, 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 blue, 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 blue. You <laughs> right, got to switch right. it up. You got to do this. Don't be scared to try new things. So for church, when I was a kid, I want to say like maybe by 
seven, eight years old. Okay. Maybe a little bit older, eight, nine, somewhere you around there. a sense of like fashion. She would like take me to the store and she'd be like, okay, pick out what you're going to wear for church. Oh and then she'd God, be like, so... that doesn't look good. Wow. And did she tell you why it didn't? Like she didn't, mm-hmm. she didn't like the whole monochrome thing. Yeah, she would explain. Wow. She would explain like that's too matchy matchy. Dark she'd, suit, dark shirt. Just yeah, she's like, fly. you know, and, you know, she taught me how to do that. So okay. shout out to Mary Lou. That's why, I, and I still know how to dress. So, All now, right, so now get to your your teens. You're sort of like rebelling a little bit. Okay. What, what are you wearing, like hoodies and sweatpants to school? Kind of no, thing? I never wore hoodies and sweatpants. Okay. Um, On a lazy, lazy day, I'd right, wear like a pair wearing... of like scrubs. So what were you wearing in high school? <laughs> I was wearing jeans and button downs. My oh, senior okay, year. Okay, okay, okay. So you're doing the prep thing. Dude, my sophomore year of high school, uh-huh. I showed up in like leather pants. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. I wore leather pants and- uh, I could never pull that look. Yeah, leather pants, black Timberlands with like the tongues folded over. I know what you're talking and, about. And like that. a long sleeve Ralph yeah. Lauren polo like shirt, like not even the collar, just So what was your fashion cue? Like That was hip hop inspired. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know the Timberlands were. Yeah, but, but I, I took, know the leather pants were. Oh, yeah, bro. The locks and Diddy were all wearing. I mean, we can't say Diddy right now. He's in a little bit of trouble. He's but, in a uh, lot of bit of trouble. He's in a, <laughs> but it's not like it's anything people didn't kind of That's already know. That's the whole know. point. I, my mom was like, did you know Diddy? I was like, yes. I was like, the rumors <laughs> were out for years. Where there's smoke, there's fire. But, yeah, so I would just kind of. I'll tell you what I never really tried to use. I never tried to use my, like, direct influences like the other kids okay. in high school like i don't want to i don't want to look like you so i would use I you know back then a lot of mtv right um, yeah, a lot of MTV you was know happening yeah, yeah men's health men's right. fitness those yeah. magazines try to put things together uh and then as i got older one of the best ones was the train serious oh you yeah. mentioned that yeah working on the train especially for Gabe. female fashion okay got it because i always knew what was the trend for gifts for like my sister and my mom and my wife right. because I could see what bags are women using, what boots right. are they wearing, yeah, yeah, what yeah. shoes are they wearing, what um, what jackets are popular wow. right now. What are, So then when I'd go out with Steph, I'd be like, wear this, this, and this. She goes, that looks weird. I was like, that's that, the style right now. Holy shit. Wow. <laughs> I had no sense of women's fashion. I had a good sense of male fashion, what I wanted to look like, but I don't know, man. Having a good sense, of, this is a true story. Uh, when I was younger, and I would go out, uh-huh. one of my pickup lines was always to compliment a woman on her shoes. Shoes and nails, I remember you said. Mm-hmm. Shoes and nails. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, they played that. And they go, excuse me? I'd be like, I absolutely love those shoes. <laughs> and I'd be like, <laughs> now, are those, is, is, are those are Jimmy Choo's? Or like, what are they thinking? Well, here's the thing. Like, they might be. Oh, so you could play on both sides of that. It's the, it just, you know, it unlocks the genius. door. Absolute it unlocks the door. genius. And then by the time they realize I'm not gay, it's too late. They're already <laughs> You're right. They've already let me in too much. It's almost sinister. You know, you got to be smart, man. Trojan horse. You know what I'm saying? Knock You're on already the, in the gate. Yeah, you know, knock on the front door, sneak in through the back. <laughs> That's how it was. I, I don't know, man. All I could tell you is this. It was just, it sounds genius. I don't know many guys that played that. Uh, that. <laughs> it worked. Well, because you'll get guys who say things like, you know, your eyes, your smile. Yeah, but, the typical but, stuff. Yeah, but the girls girls don't work on that. They're born with that. They want to hear right? something a little bit different. They work on their nails. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. work on their makeup. I get it. Like, if you just tell a girl, but like, question, did you do your makeup like that? Yeah. Why? But like. Honestly, flawless, flawless. it looks so good. If you told me you went somewhere to get it done by a professional, I'd believe it. 
Wow. Go, oh my God, thank you. It's like, no, you did a great job. You really blended in the colors naturally. It's not, it doesn't look like too much. It looks effortless. Wow. And they would go with that. They love it. Good for you. Boy. They would love it. I didn't have any of that. I was like straight in, just ah, whatever. I got married. Well, I you gotta four. remember too, and this is this is the true story. Uh, and my friends used to laugh laugh at me about this uh-huh. uh, because they used to joke that I would catch and release. I never wanted to catch the big fish to take it home and cook it. <laughs> I just wanted to catch it and throw it back into the water. So like oh, I wanted so it was more like uh, yeah, yeah yeah. So for me it was just knowing that I got to a point where if I yeah. would have focused the rest of the night on that girl, I could have taken her home. Right. But then I'd pull something like, "Hey, I'm going to use the bathroom. I'll be right back." And then I'll just go see if I could do something else. Like it was it was the hunt. I just enjoyed. You know, my brother mentioned that cuz I said to him, "You got together with his old buddies that were down on the shore, you know, for the summertime that crowd." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Which one of those guys like were really out of the, he had like, like about six guys. He said, which one, I said, which one of those like really did well girl wise. And I was surprised with the one, the name he mentioned, because that was the guy that acted like you. Mm-hmm. He was very much in touch with sort of girls. It, it disarmed them. That was the word I was looking, mm-hmm. I was thinking about. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're, their guard is up sort of. But they're, they tend to be, emo- and I'm not just speaking about all women before you get your panties on a bunch. Um, <laughs> But women tend to be emotional creatures. Yes. So if you can kind of tap into those emotions okay. and find out things that they're emotionally attached to, which a girl at a nightclub or at a bar, she's emotionally attached to her looks because that's what she spent so much time on tonight. Right, right, right. Don't compliment something that she didn't work on. Compliment something she worked on. Compliment yeah. her nails. Compliment her shoes. Compliment her outfit. Compliment her makeup. Right. Compliment things that she, compliment her hair. Wait, I'm taking notes here. Hold on. These All are right, things they worked on. <laughs> but I knew that from growing up in a house full of That's women. That's what I was getting at. You where I, dude. Most guys, you know, you're like a Gracie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you grew up in the house. Come on. It's the, like the thing is, like most guys don't realize how much work yeah. women put into getting ready to go out. It's a lot. That's why most guys don't realize it until they get married and they move in with their girlfriend. They're like, right. Jesus, you're never ready. It's like, I take as long as a woman <laughs> to get ready because I'm on woman time when I'm getting dressed. Right. Like, I, I, surprise, I blow dry my hair. Like, I'm, I, it's work. But I understood. I, I, that problem. I understood when I went out, like every single one of these girls spent at least an hour and a half, two hours getting yeah. ready for tonight. And you're going to compliment her on something that she didn't work on. It's like, I just got to tell you, when I look in your eyes, I get lost. And she's like, you should get lost. Now, is this cousin Hector? Nah. Hector was a smooth one, too. I know. you. He was just, he was a different level of smooth. (laughs) I just used psychology. But yeah, but that's what, but here's the other thing, too. Uh, And this is an important note for all young men. And it's one that I'm teaching my son right now. If you start interacting with a young lady early in the night and you stay there the whole night just talking to her, staying there the whole night could actually backfire because now it's like, why aren't you like, why are you so leached on to me? Like, why are you so latched on? Yeah. It becomes like parasitic. Girls bullshit. Girls don't like that. Go off to the charts with that. Gotta let them know you're willing to walk away. Yeah. So I talked to one girl at nine, talked to another one at 10. Another one at 1045. That's a sales approach. Yeah. So now when 1.30 in the morning hits, I might be talking to a girl, right, who I kind of like. Maybe I don't. Right, right, right. You know, worst case scenario, you know, I have her. But one of those early ones might make a return. And then you get that little shove in the back of the shoulder. And it's like, hello? And it's like, uh, 
where you, you been? you've been in the bathroom this whole time it's like oh my god i came back you weren't there it's like i waited there it's like now i that... came back you weren't there all right so let me ask you is that their strategy women's strategy yeah i don't know i don't care what their strategy no, is. no i know you don't i'm asking you from your perspective do Roy. they have a strategy too Roy. Well, doesn't I... matter what their strategy is. <laughs> Winners don't focus on the other person's game plan. You execute your game plan. It's the Tyson approach. Everybody has a plan until they get Yeah, I can't worry about what you're going to do. I can only worry about what I'm going to do. When you start worrying, if I start worrying on the mats about, oh, is Roy going to go for a Kimura? Is he going to wrist lock me? Now I'm not executing my game plan. I don't care I'm what you want to do, baby. Kimura, I'll tell you right now. I'm no, you're going for a wrist lock. <laughs> And I'm trying to choke your ass. Good luck. I know. <laughs> I haven't been. I don't think I've been choked in a while. I'll have to try it. I got toe holded. I got. A, I got caught in a toe hold a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that'll wake yeah. your ass up. Well, I was kind of recovering from getting exactly kneed, from getting <laughs> punched in the face and kneed in the head by this one per, certain person, and then I got caught, and I was like, "All right, good job." And then, uh, yeah, I, I I ripped one right back. Good man. Good man. Yeah, because I was like thinking about the whole getting back to the fashion thing is like. Where are people getting their cues along those lines? Social media now. So, all right. So let me. All right. So let me ask you this, because I I get a lot of the social media thing, and it makes sense. But to me, I can't be playing in those waters. Do you? Are you walking away from that at this point? So in, as far as your age. So glad you brought that you up. You mentioned skinny jeans. Yeah, it's dead. Yeah, but the thing about social media is they have influencers, right? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I'm still recovering from a cold, everyone, so my nose is still a little stuffy. I was sick for like two weeks. It was bad. Believe me, I know. Yeah, it's going around. Um, you can go on Instagram right now, and there are influencers uh-huh. for age and gender specific. So okay. if you're like a 30 to 45-year-old mom, there are women on Instagram, on TikTok, that have a million followers, and all they do is say like, hey, Here's how you can dress and look good right, as a right, mom, right, okay. but still look good. And they have all these trends just for women of that. It's like you don't have to look like a teenager. You don't have to look like grandma. You can still look cool right, and fun yeah, yeah. and you know attractive and be a mom. So this is sort of the first generation that gets to do that. Yes. They'll probably be the last two because, because we're going to get destroyed. Because we were talking about the 90s. That was still during my time when there was no influencer slash. You, no. you saw it on a mannequin. And you bought it. Yeah. And your friends looked at you weird. Yeah. Or, There'd be like that one like mom who like yeah. always looked good. And all the other moms were like, you know, I don't know why she dresses like that. And was like, I think she looks great. Because they all have to wear, you know, sweatpants and, you know. And mom jeans. Yeah. And sweatshirts with little kitty cats on them and shit like that. Whatever they did. <laughs> Horrible. You know, the, you know, the big ass mom jeans. I find them very attractive. So. <laughs> I don't like the mom jeans, and mom jeans are making a comeback. I think they're horrible. horrible. I don't like them. I think that's. I think it's an ironic comeback. In other it words, is. they're just like, you know, I don't like. This it. is the look. All right. So getting back to the skinny jeans, real fast, and then we'll move on to a better topic here. I am curious though, because they're all there. You look in your closet, and everybody has those items that they're like, maybe it'll come back. You know, like for me, it was skinny ties. Mm. Like those came back for you know six half a minute exactly, but and then it's more like the fat ties. But now I don't wear ties anymore. Thank nobody does. I read an article in GQ magazine six years ago titled "The Death of the Tie." That's what it is. And that was pre-COVID, and now ties are dead. No one wears them anymore. That's the point. I mean, it's very European sort of thing. But anyway, all I'm saying is, what's in your closet right now aside from skinny jeans? 
that you are thinking are going to make a comeback. Dude, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I literally, this has been a complaint and a gripe in my house for a while. <laughs> I told Steph, I don't have clothes. Like for going out and stuff like that, it's very minimal because a lot of the stuff that I bought was all pre-COVID and was all for like the office and it was good okay. stuff. But everything I have now is either Montgomery BJJ. <laughs> okay, yeah. ADCC related. You're selling the product. So I it's either it. like, you know, Pitbull or Browse. Like that's it. Right. Like, dude, I'm wearing I'm wearing my Alva ADCC hoodie right now okay. with my Browse ADCC shorts. That's go. it. That's Alva. me all day. Um so I am in the process of adjusting. Uh, and built. <laughs> I have all BYLT built stuff. That's it. So I did get a couple gift cards. I did find a store. At Menlo Mall that I like. Which one? I, I know Menlo oh, really well. It's like something Johnson. Johnson and Murphy. Johnson and Murphy. Yes. They got actually really, really nice things. So I bought a shirt from there. Shoes I bought some really socks. Great. Shoes. Um, I like their pants. I'm like, you know yeah. what? Because to me, I saw that. I was like, this looks age appropriate. Yes. And I'll is. still look and good. And look sharp. Yeah. Because they're fashion forward, definitely. In that they time. are. It's Absolutely. like, hey, you can still wear what the kids are wearing, but mm-hmm. you're going to look like an adult. And I was like, there. my days at Express, my days at Macy's, yeah, those no. days are done. Done. Macy's, I don't know, you can find some good shit, but no, I absolutely agree with you. I'm more of a, I'm a Nordstrom's guy at this point. <laughs> good for you, boy. So I go right to Nordy's. <laughs> Seth, Seth saw the shirt from like the, the, what's the name? Colton Murphy, whatever. Johnson Murphy, the store Johnson from Menlo. Murphy, yeah. Johnson Murphy. Yeah. And she was like, this is a nice shirt. And then she looked at the price. She goes, oh, it better be a nice shirt. <laughs> I don't think the price was that crazy. What is it, about 100 bucks? It was like 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <coughs> that's their that's their uh, thing. And I think they're really making a mark over they're, there. They're doing a great job. The socks were great. But here's my thing, too. What's your thing? As I'm getting older, uh-huh. I'm more willing to pay for things like that. Yeah. Then I did when I was because you're not buying as much. I'm not buying as much, and at this point, it's like I'm probably going to have that shirt for ten years. Yeah, that's the whole thing, and that's the beautiful thing about that particular store. They actually have things that will last. Mm -hmm. You know, you're you're not buying the skinny jeans, if you will. Yeah. When I left, the guy's name was uh, Alex. He's like, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask. I was like, Alex, (laughs) I'll be back because I was just looking for a shirt for an event. Um. Friend of the show, friend of the of the school, uh, you know, does all the social media for the Tom DeBlast Association. Right. Alex Gomez got married, so I needed a shirt for my suit for his wedding. Solid. I got this real nice shirt, like little flowery design. It was Love like, it, man. It, they got it was great like, shit. It was a cream colored shirt with uh, like blue flowery shit going on around it, and it had like small little. Uh, like wine colored ones and I had a okay. wine colored suit okay so that tied in the wine but then it really was like the blue and the cream that popped out so dude I get it tie it all together all right let's with move. a white handkerchief let me uh let me ask you this Christmas lights when do, when do they come down soon <laughs> soon uh as a Jewish guy I always wondered <laughs> it typically it's like you know within the week after okay. New Year's oh it's that quick huh it should be. Wow. Otherwise, you're if you got your Christmas lights on at Valentine's Day, come on, dude. All right, so what's the range? When do they go up? When do they come down? So for us, my wife would like them up the day after Thanksgiving. Okay, all right. That makes sense, though. We were probably somewhere around like the 10th or like the, <laughs> something okay. like that. And, you know, life, we get busy. Plus, it was raining right. and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, the planning for next year has already begun. Okay. Are you going to be one of those families like every year you buy one thing to put out on the lawn or yes. something like that? Yes. That's going to be a whole lot of work 10 years from now. I'm yeah. Well, right now we have like a lot of the inflatables because the kids <laughs> love them. Okay. So we've got a... Uh, We've got like a like an eight foot Santa. Jeez. We've got like an eight foot Christmas tree. Oh, we've got a fifteen foot inflatable Grinch. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's pretty dope. Um, but we have a lot of property, so right. like you look at these things and they're huge, but it's like yeah. it doesn't look bad on our lawn, right? <laughs> it's, like it's, it's somewhat spaced out. There's nicely. so much space there where it's like, <laughs> oh wow, this looks good. Um, but I'm trying to convince my wife to let me get a 30 foot inflatable Michael Myers. She will not. I told her it's a great investment. It's like two grand. She's like, the cops will probably, she's like, you probably need a permit for that. And I was like, why? That's one thing you could also put up in Halloween. Yeah. Well, that's what the only thing I just put ride it, it through yeah. to the end of the year. Put a little, put a little Santa hat on that guy exactly. and ride it out. Like, we're good. Kaboom. Yeah. Put a little pilgrim hat on him. Put a Christmas hat on him. Put Got a it. New Year's hat on him. All right. I get it. I but get she it. doesn't want me to have it. She doesn't want me to be happy. So you got the lights. Mm -hmm. Now, are they on the gutters or are they around the trees? Like, give me your strategy there. So we're still figuring everything out because it's only our second Christmas right. in this house. Uh, so right now they're right around like, you know, like the gutters, but for next year, mm -hmm. what's the game plan? The game plan for next year is definitely doing the trees outside. Okay. And now that's, is that a year round wrap or nah, is, that comes down? It does come down. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. some of these guys really do it so nicely. I'm like, that's gotta be up year round. I have a neighbor who started the week before Thanksgiving. Okay. I saw him outside, like, you know, putting the lights out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. he doesn't like plug it in. That's my point. Yeah, exactly. So like everything's you up. Just set it up. It's a lot of work, man. No kidding. And like now, like you know, like I have like an you're actual like a house. Roadie. You're like a roadie for a big rock dude, band, dude. Like you don't really like every time I start doing stuff, I'm like, I need another extension cord. I need an another, you know, yeah, uh, multiplier. Like I need all these things. I'm like, Jesus, fuck. I'm like, we're done. We're done. This is it. Um, but next year, I, you know, Steph likes to go with the traditional white lights. She likes it to be classy. It's beautiful, absolutely. I was like, next year, I want to go fucking colorful. Now, does I Steph handle the inside of the house? Oh, you can't pay me to do the inside. That's what I'm asking. So, like, are we talking garland on the uh, on the dude, staircase? Oh, what are we talking here, yeah. bro? Oh yeah. Nice. <laughs> My house looks like a fucking Hallmark movie. I love it. It is, and it starts day after Thanksgiving. Okay, now Steph's in charge of that, though, right? 100%. Okay, I do one okay. thing. Okay, what do you do? I help her get the boxes out of the attic. <laughs> okay, which, that, by the way, it's a big, big half job. of our attic is <laughs> it's Christmas. all the Christmas shit. <laughs> There's so much Christmas shit because a lot of it's been handed down. Right. Like some of it's like third, fourth generation. Right. Um, we have a storage unit okay. that has some of our Christmas decorations. Are you renting it or you're yeah, just renting it in the shed? Okay. Yeah, it's rented. It. Okay. <laughs> it's like an actual storage unit. I don't know why I find this fascinating. It's got other stuff in it too. But I think our listeners, you know, I hate it. Are interested in this. When she's like, I need your help today. I'm like, what's up? She goes, We have to rent it a storage unit. I need this, this, and this I can decorate. <laughs> I'm like Jesus Christ, Steph. It's it's a lot. It's the garland around the trees. We got wreaths on the outside of the house, like okay. on all the windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you got know, the candles in the window. We don't do the candles in the window, but in our kitchen, all the cabinets have the red bow wrapped <laughs> around it. <clears throat> um, Christmas Eve, she wrapped wrapping paper around the windows, and I was like, "Well, now if there's someone outside, at least right. we can't see that they're gonna break in." You know, it's 
we have Christmas lights around on the interior of the windows. Okay. So if you go to the kitchen, there's like a light Christmas light. The okay. kids' room light Christmas light. Uh, the What's about to be the Dutton room, which is slowly getting cleared out. I'm very excited. Uh, she got like these twinkling Christmas lights that kind of cascade down. So that's mm, back there. Like it's it. lights everywhere <laughs> and garland and you know snowmen and right. santa figures and snow globes and you know she'll take uh we have like like a what's it called it's like the little dresser we put all like your china cabinets and shit like a hutch yeah she'll take the hutch and she puts like like the white cotton on it so it looks like it's snowy <laughs> and puts all the figures on it it's a lot dude How many t- it that's is what I'm so sensing. much now it takes your, her two days to do it of your friends does anybody go all out like this or i don't go to their houses around no. the holidays <laughs> uh i just yeah i don't so i don't you're know not, the benitezes are not caroling no <laughs> no but i'll tell you what this year was the first year that uh my little sweet juliana got involved uh-huh. So now she's helping Steph decorate, and I'm like, and that's and the the saga continues, because one day she'll take all this shit, and it'll be her husband that'll have to go into the attic and take stuff down while she decorates, uh, and then you know she helped Steph bake cookies for five hours. Nice. She had her little apron on, and she was like, Steph was like, it was great. She's like, oh, she helped me. Make. I was like, and and they continue. I was like, what did Benny do all day? She's like, nothing. I was like, lazy piece of shit. Of course, <laughs> such a boy. <laughs> My daughter, just so you can kind of get the difference, uh-huh. Juliana will be like, Daddy, do you want coffee? And I'm like, sure. And she learned how to use the Keurig, so she'll go and she'll make coffee. And you know, if I leave everything out, like she'll put the splash of you know right, right, right. milk and a little Hi. bit of sugar. She'll she'll do it all. Wow. That's my daughter. It's my five-year-old daughter. She now wants it's coming out hot or it's coming out cold? Hot, you? baby. Hot. Because I know She's, you're a cold coffee guy. At home, I do it hot. Okay. Wakes me All up. All right. Gotcha. Um, and I walk around with my robe. Uh, <laughs> like you're like Tony Soprano going out to get the newspaper. Yeah, but like new age Tony because I'm wearing like a fitted New York Giants hat too. <laughs> like I look like I look like cool. Um, my son. The Giants are not cool this year. Uh, the way, they haven't been cool for a decade. But. My son, so there's my daughter, will go out and make you coffee, and then there's my son. Can you get me milk? Hey, Benny, why don't you go pour your own milk? I'm always in trouble. (laughs) He thinks being asked to pour his own drink is him being reprimanded for something. You know what? I get it from his perspective. I really get it. Oh, God. Now, let me ask this. If I came to your house Mm -hmm. and I said, Juliana, could you make me a coffee? She will. She would do it. She'd be so excited. <laughs> okay. She'd look at me and like smile and I'd be like, you can make him a coffee. And she'd be like, nice. She'd be like, what number do you want? Because you can pick the ounces. I know. Six, know. eight, ten, yeah. twelve. So she asks you like, what number do you want? <laughs> and then she makes it. She's like, and she'll ask you like, do you want it strong? She'll, hit, she'll ask all the buttons she has to hit. <laughs> She's the best. What was interesting, I went to a, a buddy's house last night, a uh, Indian friend of mine. And they got the whole Christmas thing going on too. Yeah. And I'm like, what's the deal? I thought you guys were Hindu. And uh, he's like, no, we're, you know, we're doing the whole American cultural thing now. Yeah. So there it is. Question. Yes. Because this was a big deal at my house. Um, okay. As we know, you are, you know, of the Hebrew persuasion. persuasion. Yes. And you posted how you One of the out. better looking Hebrews out there. I think you're a good looking Jim. Thank you, my friend. So you... Uh, you went out for Japanese. You posted yes. on your Instagram. Yes, I did. And Steph was like, huh, Roy's at a Japanese restaurant. <laughs> right. And I was like, yeah. She's like, but don't they go to Chinese restaurants? I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's the same she, thing. But here's what she said. Yeah. 
don't the Japanese celebrate Christmas? Wow. Dude, it became a whole thing in my house. I'm like, Steph, I don't know. She's like, but Japanese people celebrate Christmas. She's like, I know the Chinese people don't. I was like, you know that for sure? She's like, I don't know. I just figured that's why the Chinese food plates were always open. Yeah. What are they doing at a Japanese restaurant? She's like, what do the Japanese do for Christmas? I was like, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I was like, yo, I don't fucking know. I've been, I was up till, you know, you know, one o'clock in the morning. Before, then we had to go to bed because Santa was coming. <laughs> and then. Uh, I was going to get to that too. Dude. Benny was in our bed at 2.45. Like, I know he came. I know he came. We're going. We're like, get up, old man. We're get like, up. We're like, buddy, we up. can't go downstairs until the sun comes up because Santa sometimes, you know, he disappears. Has yeah. to change the GPS. <laughs> and he goes, Arr! and then he's like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. He's like trembling. We're like, dude, you got to chill the fuck out. So finally, 6.30, we woke up, went right. downstairs. You know, they saw the gifts from Santa. See, you know what's interesting? I got to say this. Like, there's always this complaint that Christmas is commercialized and this and that. I happen to love that aspect of Christmas. America needs it. Yeah. I, so I'm not even talking about the economics of it. I'm just talking about because you guys go to church, you get the religious aspect, but then you also give him the commercial aspect. Yeah. And I think a lot of families kind of screw that equation up by going one way heavy or one way the other heavy. I get what you're saying. You know, and I'm really happy that your family, or at least you're bringing your kids up that way. Trying to, trying to. You know, we did the whole, uh, my mother-in-law tried to tell them the story of Jesus the night before. Right. But she had already had like four glasses of wine. Hey, so really? she's like, so, you know, Jesus was, you know, they sent him to the barn. And, uh, and I was like, oh, Pat. I was like, you got to do <laughs> oh, this. Oh, this Pat. I thought this was yeah. your mom. <laughs> no, my mom doesn't drink. My mom can't drink. Oh, really? Okay. No, 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 no. Mary Lou, you are she so has smart. a drink, okay. and it's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> what do you mean? She just gets, it's too much. She can't handle it. Okay. She can't handle her liquor. So she'll have like one, if she has two drinks, she's wasted. Okay. wasted right. yeah like i i grew up in a house where no one really had vices nobody drank nobody smoked nobody did anything and then i was like that's All it. right i'm gonna live well that was like part of the uh jehovah's witness that thing, was right? the jehovah's witness Beauty. thing Beauty. But then once i turned 18 i was like it's part <laughs> 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 I, was, I was different i was very different my mom said though she goes you didn't grow up seeing this i was like yeah was All right, like, so, so go me. back to pat being a little uh so, you know, you Pat know, was doing the, you know, she was touched. She had a little touch, you know, she had a little bit of the vino in her. And uh, <laughs> look, kids. I'll tell you what, though, she was better than she normally is because I had to like babysit. So every time she had a glass of wine, I was like, and now you have a glass of water. Right. So by the end of the night, she was so full from drinking yeah, water. Exactly. I was like, now you drink. I was like, you had two glasses of wine. Now you need two glasses of water. There you go. And she was wow. like, oh, God. You're like the good bartender. Yeah, but I'm tired of doing it. <laughs> Like, that's my thing. It's like, how are you, like, you know, an adult and you don't know how to drink? Like, I can get... Especially, like, a grown-ass adult, dude. You know, it's not like... I got shit-faced the night before ADCC East Coast Trial Finals. Uh-huh. I was a professional. I know, you said I did what I had to do. Woke up at 5 a.m., did the inventory. rare commodity. Yeah, I knew when to stop. Like, I knew, like, okay, five, we're done. (laughs) We are done. You know, I put food, like, I did what I had to do. I'm like, when I see a grown adult that can't handle their liquor yeah. on a consistent basis, right. I'm like, because everyone has a night. Everyone yeah. has a night. But when it's all the time, it's like, Gee, you should probably stop. <laughs> so what was Pat's story? This is what I'm trying to get. Like, It wasn't terrible. Because was, like, was there a moment where you just said, no, 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 no. No, it was, <laughs> it was actually fine. It really wasn't okay. that bad. 
Um, <laughs> so I was hoping she'd like go off the track a little bit. Yeah, she's like, and that's when. And that's when Superbad came in. And that's the why we stopped being Jewish. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, that's Easter. <laughs> and that's how the world knows. <laughs> are these three wise men? Um, and you suddenly are. <laughs> but no, but no. She did okay. But you can tell she didn't like, she did like a dry run. And like, she didn't give it like, you know, she didn't test out the theories. So it was the night before Christmas. But when we were done, she was like, that was harder than I thought. I was like, you didn't practice? She's like, no. I was like, oh, Pat, public speaking one-on-one. You got to practice. Even if it's in your head, you got to know where you're going. I was like, as someone who makes a living off speaking a lot, you kind of got to know. But she did all right. But she said barn. I told her it was a manger. She woke up the next day. She's like, by the way, it wasn't the manger. Where am I? She's like, they were in a stable. I was like, all right, we were both wrong. I knew it wasn't a barn. Isn't it famous that it was a manger, though? He was born in a manger, but the manger was in the stable. A manger is kind of like the little, like, cribby area or whatever. I don't know. I thought it was a food area Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where the horses, like, munch down. Yes. Munja, munja. Munja. (laughs) The cat. Nice. um, Yeah. But Christmas was good. I will say, I'm good. I got to mention this. Okay. Because it was a big deal. Uh, I don't typically ask for stuff for Christmas. Okay. You know, like, I'll throw things that I want out there, but it's not like anything's do or die. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, like, desperately want anything. If I get I'll, any of those things, I'll, I'm very happy. This is beautiful, because I, I really wanted to ask you this question, too. Go on. I'm, I'm, is it about the gift? No, 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 no. This is something else. But. So, I really did want a gift this year. <laughs> okay. And it was not inexpensive. So, I wow. put it in the group chat, like, with the family group chat. I was like, okay. hey, if anyone wants to get me a gift, or if you guys all want to split it, I really want this. And then to make sure everyone knew that I was serious, I sent it to my sister privately. Ah, nice. So I did end up getting the gift. But my sister told me, she goes, dude, she's like, I saw it in the group chat. I ignored it. She's like, but when you private messaged me, she's like, this is literally, she goes, I was in bed. This is literally what I did. I looked at the phone. I saw that you sent me the message said, I really do want this. She goes, and I went like this, motherfucker. Fucker. <laughs> she's like, I went online. I bought it right away. Nice. She's like, and then I went downstairs and I collected from everyone. I was like, I need $75 from everyone. <laughs> Holy shit. She's like, my brother wants this for Christmas. Holy shit. But I did get it. What it was, was it? <coughs> it was the. Please tell me the skinny jeans. No, it was the 20th anniversary box set okay of uh afi's sing the sorrow oh, wow. okay so it came with uh you know the like, what are the cool little side things in it so it did come with the vinyl you know okay. the 12 inch vinyl right then it came with five unreleased uh singles on a 45 that's pretty cool uh then it came with like this beautiful wooden box oh, with boy. the album cover artwork on it and then inside the box there's a pocket watch uh, two keys, and those are things that represent things right. in the album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, you know, like fifteen or twenty Polaroids from. Do they have any of the demos of the songs? Because that's that's something from my perspective that would be pretty cool. I think they do. I think that's what's on the forty five. Yeah, that's too. what I like. Um, and then it's got like you know these like Polaroids are like behind the scenes, like you know Davy yeah, singing. Yeah, yeah. It's like right, right. And it's like this. It's almost like a little time capsule. Yeah. And my mom was like, I don't know why you want that album, and I was like, listen. It was a very interesting time in my life. There was a lot going on. And, you know, I kind of was just feeling alone. 
and this album was on repeat and it was someone who was kind of singing how I was feeling. Wow. And it was, it's, I don't have you're, a lot of albums like that. You're the like only that. guy I know that, that like digs on AFI like this. I love AFI. I know. Especially that Sing the Sorrow album. And there's a lot more because when I posted right. that I got that, a lot of people came out. Oh, did they? Okay. They're like, great album. Best album. I was like, yeah, that's their best. <laughs> and here's the thing. Like when I started listening to AFI, Sing the Sorrow was the album that I started with. Uh-huh. And you know, three, four, five years later, I'd meet AFI fans and like, what's your favorite album? And I'd be like, oh, I really like Art of Drowning or, you know, Black Sails in the Sunset. Right, right, right. Because right. I didn't want to say their most recent album was my favorite. Right. And at the time... You want to sound uh, like a real fan. Yeah, I want to sound like a real fan. And at the time, at the time, the All Hallows Eve EP was my favorite of okay. theirs. You know, four songs, four bangers. They fucking killed it. But now we're 20 years later, and I can honestly say Sing the Sorrow is my favorite it's album. Your thing. yeah. And I think it's their best album. I think it is hands down the perfect album if you're an AFI fan. It's so if anyone punk, is a Miguel Benitez fan, to get a touch of his life, go listen to Sing the go Sorrow. Go listen to Sing the Sorrow. There go listen is. to Sing the Sorrow. Go, uh, especially go listen to uh, the little secret song at the very end. Um, yeah, that one, that was on repeat a lot. That hits. But then it's a little interesting because now like I'm telling my mom these things and like they're listening to some of the songs. <laughs> okay. And they're like, what the fuck was going on? And I'm like, <laughs> a lot. A lot. I mean, it was also like the year like my grandma passed away, and right. you know, yeah. like you know, I wanted to be this collegiate football player, and now like I could give two shits about playing football. Yeah. Then I'm in Boston by myself, and I'm like, yeah. I'm like on this You're football feeling team. Too far away. Yeah, I'm on this shitty football team yeah. that I don't even really want to be on, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing? I like I'm 18 years old, and I'm like, what I am what I? What do I want? Were you feeling too far away from home? No. Okay. At that time in my life, I couldn't get further enough away from home. Okay. All right, because when I went to University of Maryland, I felt far away from home. Yeah, no, it was and good. it was just like I miss my girlfriend, I miss the easy sex. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't college only easy sex? Come on, exactly. Hey. So, uh, all right. So this was a, I, my question. I had. Um, I'm turning sixty in March. Woo! Yeah, big birthday, and Pooks is just not getting us, like. She doesn't realize this is a big, big birthday. It's a big one. And she's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm hinting at a party. Yeah, I want to bash. Yeah. And she's just not, well, and I said like, you know, my friend just had a surprise birthday party that I went to. And and she says, well, how did the white, how did uh, so-and-so do it? And I said, I don't know. She put in a little effort. She contacted people, found out who your friends were and went that direction. She's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, oh. And I don't want to sound like a douchebag. Yeah. But I'm like, that's how hint, it's hint. done, Pookie. Hint, hint. You know? <laughs> and she's just like, March what? So she, March 3rd. So she that's keeps. Early. That's what I thought I knew it was early. So she keeps coming back at me like, where would you want it? I'm like, yeah, that's a great surprise. Okay. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, hon, you're doing great with the whole surprise oh, thing. Oh, you're missing the point. Yeah, yeah, so I go to Jason. I go, Jay, could you like tell your mom what's going on here and she and he goes i don't know i'm just really laughing my ass off at what you're going through <laughs> oh boy such a putz. I, listen it's a big one 60 but i want to say something now that you brought that please up please do because Sarah. you're always like i got 20 good years left. i don't I say the... that anymore come good. on man good but i was watching a movie the other night okay i was watching heat with al pacino and robert Great de niro movie Great. first time i've ever seen it Oh, wow. I know. I don't like telling people I've never seen it because, like, you know, I like to watch good movies and somehow I missed this one. So, Robert De Niro's like 58, 59 in that movie. 
Really? Was that? Yeah. That movie came out in 95. So he's like 55. Yeah. That, yeah. I think it was a little young. Yeah. So I watched that movie and I'm like, he's right around Roy's age mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, this motherfucker just got like a 30 year old pregnant. He's 83 <laughs> years old. I get it. So I'm like, I'm like, Roy's got a lot more time than I he hope he does. So. I'm like, he's probably got a solid 30 years left. Listen, my genetics suck. My blueprints are real bad. That's the problem. Can't go by that though. I hope not. Do your blood work. Have a doctor check you it. out. Get on. I don't something. even talk about it. I, I don't talk about it anymore because like once the guys from uh, you know not your average podcast said don't talk about it anymore. I don't talk about it anymore. Yeah. So that said, I'm just living. Speaking You're rocking up, and rolling, dude. Speaking of bunch of people, uh, Tony, great dude. He's one of our fans. Marco Benitez, M Sharko Ten. Yeah. He's like really, really. Uh, the reason I bring this up is that uh, for the tappies that are coming up, yeah, I'm looking tappies. for people to like throw me some, you know, best moments kind of thing. Are we doing that today? No, 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 we can't. Okay. Because I still have a lot of work to do with that. Roy's got a lot of work to do. Lot, right, I have we'll to listen to all this shit. Uh, and the last thing that I wanted to ask you is this, just advice-wise. Um, Jay is thinking of moving out, my kid. And How old is he? He's 28, time, going on 29. Time, time to go, baby. No, but it's a money thing. Okay. Like, he's, like I told him I'd pick up the rent for him the first year. I mean, first year is enough. It's a good amount. It's <laughs> yeah, a lot. but nowadays it's pretty fucking expensive. Yeah, that's why they got to get a roommate. It's like two grand. Yeah, but he doesn't want a roommate. He wants a friggin' big dog. So oh, then, buddy, <laughs> go make some more money. <laughs> exactly. Or go get married, honey. Make some money. Listen, here's the problem. It's and, and nobody ever talks about this, uh-huh. especially in the state of New Jersey. It's brutal. Totally. If cool. you're making they're not so, building enough houses, dude, essentially. If in the early nineties, mm-hmm. if you were making six figures, yeah. you were you had money. Yeah. You had a big house, you had the big fat yeah. big screen TV. Absolutely. You know, you're you had the That's what we were talking about before the podcast. Yeah. You had the shower and the tub in your bathroom. Oh, like yeah. and like you'd be like, How do they have all this money? They'd be like, Well, you know, the dad makes six figures. You'd be like, Holy <laughs> six shit. Six figures is a big thing, yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah. Now, six figures sounds good. But if you're making a hundred k in New Jersey, hit the taxes on that. You're about thirty grand less you're than that. About probably 70, still bucks. living at home. Easy, easy. You when we've talked about this before, you hit the taxes. Now you talk about do you have a car? You got to pay for gas. You got to pay for tolls, mm-hmm. dude. I got, I pay close to like five hundred dollars a month on tolls. <sighs> I don't even That's not including that. gas. It's not including gas on the big green machine. Are you getting hit with the uh, like when you go into the city? Going into the, well, I don't really go into the city, like, but I drive to Newark every day. Oh, jeez. It's like 9.35 each way. Oh, my God. And, and you're then, using the truck. And I'm using the truck. So between gas and tolls, you're looking at, you know, close to $800 a month. Jesus Christ, brother. Right. So now you add that. You add taxes. You add this. You add food. You add paying for the car. What, you're going to hit You're gonna hit someone with $2,000 rent? That's They the got thing. nothing. They got nothing. They're, yeah. they're yeah. broke. I don't know, man. It, man, it's something's got to give, and then that's why I love hearing like you know older generation talking about. Wow, well, you know, by the time I was twenty four, I was married, had a house. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you bought a house for forty thousand dollars, and then you sold it for four hundred thousand. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's the uh, here's the topic. Uh, I want to talk BJJ in real life. Ah, 
Yes. And this came, I, this came up. I was out with a buddy of mine. We went to a great restaurant in Morristown, and he says, uh, "Morristown, that's great restaurants. Oh, amazing, nice amazing. area." And him and his wife, really, really sweet people, Howard and Laura, lovely folks. Anyway, he said to me, "Do you think you could kick people's ass in this restaurant?" Yes. And I said, "Yeah, I really don't think I'd have a problem with anybody in this restaurant." And he said, "Well, how did how does that work in real life?" And I said, "I don't do it. I would never." Unless someone smacked me or, or said something anti-Semitic to me or whatever, that's when it would come out. But that's what I wanted to discuss. Like, what does BJJ teach us about how to handle life? Oh, man. I know this They're... is huge. And if we could break it down to like five or six really good points, I can add on to this stuff. Like, how does it affect our everyday life, knowing this skill set? Okay, so I'm going to go with the very... Very basic fundamental, right? Okay. Um, let's keep it simple, and then we'll go into other deeper we'll things that I, I, that I that I personally truly believe. Right. Um, number one, I think white belts and blue belts, early level blue belts, can't wait to use this shit in real life. <laughs> okay. Uh, period. Unless they're older people. Unless they're older, but even right. older people are kind of like, yeah, yeah I want to show this itching. young guy. They're itching. To You're show itching because you know. You want to, you know something, now, <laughs> right? Yes. Right, and unlike anything else, like this gets tried and true every night. Like if you're like a little blue belt and you hit an arm bar on like a four stripe blue belt, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm hitting this on a nobody on the streets. Right. That's happening. And I know because I was a white belt and only blue belt, and I thought <laughs> I was king shit. I'm like, I can't wait to whip this out on somebody. Um, but I think what happens is once you start training all the time. And you realize what you can do. It, it's not fun to do it. Okay. So now, if you're training four or five days a week, and you go out to eat one night, and something happens, mm -hmm. the last thing you want to do is have an altercation, right? That you've already had twenty-five times this week, because every single five-minute round, it's a five-minute fight. Pretty much, yeah. It's a five-minute fight where your brain's going, you're you're anxious, and you're thinking, and you're this, and you're that, and now someone wants to do it on your night off. <laughs> it's like, come on, dude. Like I remember, like the MMA days. I was like, dude, like the last thing I want to do right now, right, is smack somebody. Is like hit someone, yeah. and get in a stance and possibly get hit. Like I don't want to do that. Yeah. I just got punched yesterday. Do like, you just I'm feel like funny. saying to them, guy, look, here's my school. Come on by anytime you want. I'll be happy to well, roll one with of the you things, then. One of the things that I've told people in the past, like, you know, especially when I was like, you know, you know, purple belt and stuff, I think I'd be like, listen, dude, like I get you think you're gonna do something. I was like, I'm not the guy. Yeah. I was like, and I'm not telling you that, like to be in like I'm Bad telling idea. you, yeah. I'm not the fucking guy. Right. Which leads me to my other thing that happens. <laughs> and I've talked about this in the classroom. We are animals. Eliminate all the, you know, the, the societal norms and the way we've been taught to behave. We are animals. Yep. There is something in us that we, you know, some of us have truly lost it. But I think, you know, you know, people who are, you know, taking care of their bodies and taking care of their mental health and physical health, still in tune with it. You ever just been somewhere and you just, you can see someone, you see a guy at a bar and you just know that motherfucker gets down. Yeah. Like that guy. Yeah. That guy's not the one. Yeah, he has or that you, look in his eyes. Yeah, or you yeah. see someone, you're like, oh, that guy's like prey. You could just see it. Yeah, you yeah. can, you can, you can eyeball the room, and you can figure out. What, 
it's because we all send these natural, you know, we emit these codes, we yeah. emit this this behavior in ourselves, and it's very animalistic. Uh, I, saw, I remember seeing a documentary on great white sharks, and there's one in particular. It was I, I want to say it was South Africa or Australia, one of those two. And you know the guy's down there, and he, he's he's free diving, right? mm-hmm. and he's like just hiding in the in the mercs. And it's like these three or four great white sharks, and they're all you know pretty big, nothing too crazy. Right, right. And then out of, out of nowhere, they're gone, disperse. He's like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> hmm. And then here comes like a twenty four footer. Oh, there you go, scarred up. Yeah, massive. He's like, huh, that's that's the yard dog. That's interesting. Yeah. So he gets back into the boat, studies that one. Knows there's there's not a fish in sight. They are mm-hmm. gone. Comes back a year later, right? And he tagged up the sharks or whatever. And there's you know the four sharks again. And they're swimming, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, again, gone. Wow. Here comes that other twenty four footer. It's yeah, back. It's right. back. A couple wow. more new, a couple fresh wounds on it. <laughs> and he was saying that it's interesting that when fish can sense. You know, a predator coming, they disperse. But even in a group of alpha predators, they could feel something more alpha than them. Yeah. And they dispersed. And I truly think once you start training and you get to a certain point where you realize, like, no one's going to fuck with me. Yeah. Right. You get to that point in the gym where, like, you know, like, we're going to we're going to have some fun today. That carries over into the real world where now someone starts some shit and you're like, can I help you? And just right there, that little interaction, it's done. Yeah. They get something where they're like, nah. I had a situation two days ago, Mm -hmm. right? Took the kids to go see Wonka, by the way. Fantastic. I heard good things about that. Timothy Chalamet, absolutely phenomenal. Kills it. it. Better than the original? I mean, nothing's better than the original. Okay, I just want to make sure. I I will say this. I'm... I will probably pre-order it so that when it's officially available okay. on digital, I'm watching it. It's so much fun. Okay, cool. Uh, and the kids loved it. But we're leaving this restaurant, and there's this, you know, I want I'm going to use the term sketchy character. Where were you, what, by the way? What town? Heightstown. Okay, that could go either way. That, that place. yeah, it can. <laughs> uh, and we were in Dyke. Right down, by the we train in, station. Yeah, we were in downtown Heightstown too. I get it. So you know, this guy just kind of had a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I didn't like was that he was walking in front of us and he kind of like looked back, took a couple more steps and then he stopped and then posted up on a building. I caught that right away. So as we walked by, uh-huh. I just made sure that as we walking towards him, I never took my eyes off. I was going to say, yeah, you got to eyeball that guy the whole way. So as soon as I walked by him, he was like, happy new year. I was like, happy new year to you too. And then the kids got in the truck and as I'm getting in the truck, I just stopped one more time to look right fucking at him. And nothing happened. Now, was he doing nothing? Possibly. But for me, it's like, I'm going to let you know. I'm not going to be punked here. We're not playing this game right now. Right. We're not playing this game. And I will absolutely fucking stab you in the throat. Right. Right here. And probably get away with it. Because I'll, you know, I'll pull the Professor Miguel. I'll be like, come on, guys. Cops will be like, we wanted this guy out of our hair for a while. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, I thought, I was like, I fought this knife out of his hands. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he pulled a knife on me I fought it out of his hands Stabbed him with it It's like why is this engraved Prof Miguel What <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about Must be an obsessed fan <laughs> But I think I think you get to a point where That 
confidence and true belief of but what this is you not just do. tough guy talk no this isn't tough guy talk this Th- is just but the reason you have this and this is why it's not tough guy talk because with jujitsu and i'll even say jujitsu wrestling muay thai, muay thai boxing anything where you're hitting for real anything where what you're testing or what you're learning you can test in real yeah, form right that changes things yeah. Like, if you've knocked someone out in sparring MMA, you can probably knock someone out on the streets Easy. a lot easier right because, on. ooh, my phone, that never happens. That's what happens when we, we do the podcast during the day. Um, because it's tried and true. Yeah. If you hit a takedown in the wrestling room, you're taking down a guy that has no training. If you're hitting arm bars and rear naked chokes on somebody who's actually trained, right. you're going to hit that on someone who knows nothing with ease. Yeah. Frank Mir said something beautiful the other day on a podcast he was on. I think it was actually his podcast. He's like, MMA is the closest thing you'll get to a street fight. Right. He's like, because you're actually doing everything. He's like, you're in a fight. He goes, it cracks me up when people go, yeah, but if it was a street fight, you know, I could gouge your eyes. And he's like, okay, but when do you practice gouging eyes? Hmm. Do you actually try that? He goes, I practice takedowns. I practice punches. I practice controlling other men on the ground. Right. He goes, so the first time you're going to eye gouge me is is when you actually go to eye gouge me for the first time ever. In a right. physical altercation where your anxiety's through the roof, where your heart's racing, you're going to hit it 100%, something mm-hmm. that you've never practiced. Exactly. He's like, not going to work that way. He's like, but I will be able to do everything I've trained. Everything that I've done 100%. And then guess what? I'll mount you. I'll hold you down. And then if I want... I'll I'll scoop your eye right out of your socket. Yeah. And I was like, he's right. It cracks me up when people say it's like, yeah, but if you took a jiu-jitsu guy in a street fight and what? They would still beat the shit, shit out, out of you. you. Yeah, it, it would be re- I'll give you an example. This happened about a year ago. There's a buddy of mine that he's always I don't know why he's he's always physical with me, but he comes up from behind me and gets me in a bear hug and it just like it automatically takes over in your mind like you you uh post and sit. Po- well, I get my weight down, mm-hmm. I start working on his hands, and I'm out within a second. And he just goes, and he said to me, he goes, you know, the difference that I felt is that you were so calm in that instance. You know? Like, it, it just takes over in your head because you're so used to, like you said, what Frank Muir said, you've done it, done it, done it, done it. So many times. Yeah, that you just, you don't even think about it. No. And that's the thing, too. Like, for you, it feels so smooth. Where it's like, boom, 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 and you're out. Right. But you don't realize that that person behind you playing that game is trying to keep you there. <laughs> that, that was and the learn thing. very quickly, like, that was effortless. Like, yeah, I have a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he trained for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was, a, he was a really good wrestler in high school. And, you know, we were at his house one day, and one of my friends now trains jujitsu. He's a blue belt. And one of our best friends was visiting. You know, my friend Grant was visiting. And we're at this kid's house. And, you know, my one friend who trains jujitsu is now like, you know, fanboying a little bit. And I'm like, dude, like, we've known each other since we were 12. You don't got, he goes, bro, but like, like, you're like friends with Gordon and Tom and all these guys. And okay. Gary goes, and you're like doing ADCs. He goes, bro, like, what? I'm like, please stop. I'm like, you're <laughs> like, please stop. Like, okay. So the kid whose house it was, and again, a really good friend, he was kind of like, yeah, you know, when I train, blah, blah, blah. And the one friend was saying, he goes, yeah, but he's like, bro, like, but like, Miguel's like a legitimate black belt. Like, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, like, you know, I think I would do all right against him. And right away I was like, oh, here we go. 
And I was like, you know, you probably would. You've got the wrestling. That's what I do. I deflect. I'm like, hey, right. you probably would. That you was probably what Bruce Lee used to do. Yeah, I'm like, you probably would give me a really hard time. And he's like, well, like, 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 what's your go-to position? I was like, I play half guard. He's like, bro, I love guys who play half guard. He's like, no matter what they did, they could never sweep me. And I'm like, oh, is this the garage story? Yeah. Okay, cool. So, I like this one. So I look at him. Now when he said that, it's like I was a greatest like, hit story. Yeah, I, like this. I look at him and I was like, dude, I would... I'll sweep you at will. <laughs> he goes, I don't think so. So there's my friend. My friend's name is Ben. There's my friend Ben. And he goes, Oh no. He's like, he's like, bro, don't, don't do this. He's like, let's go inside real quick. I was like, let's go. So we go inside the house. And it's funny, as we're walking in, the wives are walking out. Uh-huh. They're like, What are you guys doing? And he's like, I'm I'm gonna show Miguel he can't sweep me. And then they're like, oh, my God, the wife truly believes that her husband's like this, you know, badass. That's right. And, you know, and, and to other people like he is he like, you be, know, yeah. but there's levels to this shit. So we go into his living room and I'm like, all right, put me in half guard. And then he goes, he goes, how do you want me to hold you? I was like, whatever way you think is going to make it hardest for me. <laughs> right. He's like, bro, if I put you in a cradle and I, I was like, do it. I was like, do it. I was like, put me in the worst, worst cradle possible position you can put me in right i was like i want you to be so comfortable and so right. controlling and i can hear my friend ben laughing he's like this is not gonna go well i was like all right let me know when you're ready he's like i'm ready i was like all right count it down he's like ready go so first thing i do i completely relax right i just completely relax and i feel him squeeze even tighter yeah yeah, yeah. i move my hips one way move them the other way explode through his legs end up on top in four seconds right <laughs> and then he's looking at me and then as he's looking at me i kick my leg back pass go to neon belly mm-hmm. and then he's just looking at me and i help him up whole thing took 10 seconds okay 10 seconds from him being in the dominant position to now me neon belly letting him know like if i want to throw an elbow in your face right now yeah i could the wives walk back in we're already standing up at this point the one wife his wife goes i knew you guys weren't gonna do it and I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, just old guys talking shit. Right. We keep going. So I'm not going to blow up his spot in front of his wife. Right. We leave a couple hours later. We're in the car. I back up. Steph goes, did you wrestle with Mike? And I go, yep. She's like, <laughs> how bad was it? I was like, pretty bad. She's like, I fucking knew it. She's like, I didn't want to say anything, but I knew it. I was like, yeah. I was like, these guys forget, like. High school was 20 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, you wrestled for four years of high school, two years of middle school. That's great. You wrestled for six years. Awesome. You know, maybe a little bit of college, I think you wrestled too. So that's nine right. years of wrestling. So he's a solid dude, like solid you said. Solid wrestler. Yeah. But you got to do the math. Yeah. I started jujitsu and wrestling at 21. So you've got nine years of it. I've got 17 years. Yeah. At a certain point. I remember when it's Worth- recent. It's dude, like, I remember yeah. when Worthington came in here because Worthington also wrestled in high school. And I was like, you want to roll around? He goes, ah, bro, I'm not really comfortable with the jujitsu yet. I was like, let's just wrestle. We'll go takedown for takedown. He's like, all right, bro. He goes, but you know, like I wrestled, right? I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I took him down like five times, like in a six minute round. He's like, what the fuck? I was like, when you stopped wrestling, I started. Right. And I've been doing yeah. it ever since. Right. So there's that confidence that comes from practicing it. Why did I have that confidence in that situation? Because I knew, like, dude, I sweep black belts. Yeah. Like, I sweep pro fighters. Like, what So you getting did- back to, like, how BJJ works in real life, it's that been there, done that confidence. Yes. And it's almost, like, 
a calmness. Like you said, you got calm in that circumstance. It, because it, it's like listen, that's you, what my buddy said to me. He goes, "You got calm in it, which was weird." It, it, even that situation, like well, yeah, with yours and with mine, it's like first thing I did, relax. Yeah, it's like being tense isn't going to do anything. You know, you take Navy SEALs when they're out there, they're not like, Rah! no, they're fucking calm and right. they're ready for it uh-huh. because they're trained for that. So training BJJ gives you the the confidence that allows you to be calm, be calm in yeah. that situation right. because you've done it. You do it every single night. Yeah. And you used to talk about getting getting a little broader. You used to talk about like at work you're not exploding in your mind anymore. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not, your emotions are much more sort of, you know, straight lining. So I explained this to the kids too, because now we have like the kids go in the middle and like they do right. like a little yeah. like round for like 30 seconds. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, guys, we don't do this for you to win or for you to lose. We do it because this is terrifying. You've got, you know, 25 of your teammates watching you, your parents watching, it's just you, there's coaches, you don't know if you're going to win. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. But guess what happens when you find out you have to do an oral presentation at school? That's not just as scary anymore. Because yeah. you've done it. Right. I was like, what, imagine when you have to take a test. That test can't choke you out. It's easier to relax in all those other situations when you've had to face physical, violent situations. Right. That's why I think you're seeing this trend of you know navy seals and former military really starting to like excel in business hmm. because they're approaching the boardroom no different than they approached a war field whether it's Jocko or Tim Kennedy or any of these guys that Yeah, Mitch Aguiar. Yeah, they handle themselves very well on camera too. Yeah, I they're noticed. just they're so calm and they're realizing this is no this is not as extreme as some of the situations right. I've been in. Yeah. So when someone's like, well, you know, we really don't like those numbers. It's like, okay, see you later. Right. They can stay calm and they're, they're making all the decisions based on analytics and numbers and, you know, probabilities so as opposed they, to with emotions. So how do they talk and act? In other words, how, like you said, you saw that guy on the street. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do they, like, how does a BJJ guy talk and act in real life as opposed to somebody else. Like, so, it, like I think you could see it. Yes. So for me, and tell me if I'm wrong with this, based on your, BJJ guys, okay. of all like the martial artists that I've met, like I feel like wrestlers tend to have like a little bit more of like, wrestlers tend to carry it in their shoulders. Okay. Right? You can kind of see it. Like their shoulders are kind of always up and it always yeah, looks yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. like, you know, they kind of got like this like they crazy look. Yeah, yeah, there's something about them. Yeah, yeah. We can just tell, like, you wrestle. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I wrestled in college. They're never relaxed. Their yeah. body's always, like, ready to, like, sprawl or shoot. <laughs> right. Jiu-jitsu guys always look like they're ready to go to the beach. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, boxers are very relaxed, but you can always see, like, their hands are always, like, a little bit clenched. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. guys who box, like, you know, Muay Thai guys are very similar as well. Their hands are never fully open and relaxed. They're kind of just, like, you know, weighing, like, you know, they'll even talk. Their knees talk. go up and down slightly. Yeah, you know, every now and then they'll, like, you know, just be somewhere. You'll see their shoulders just start to move side right, to side. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, motherfucker, who are you shadow boxing? <laughs> but, like, they just, it's just something in them. Jiu-Jitsu guys are always, like, smiling yeah. and la- a lot of jokesters in jujitsu yeah. a lot of laughing and jokes and guys being crazy but here's the difference in jujitsu guys when shit gets serious it gets serious quick yeah 
That's the a Brazilian one, thing, it seems to me. Yeah, and I, but I think that's also why successful, like like American jiu-jitsu guys who are successful uh-huh. have the same quality. Where it's like, we can dick around, dick around, but the second it gets serious, it's it's business. Right. It's time for business. So I think jiu-jitsu guys are just the funnest dudes. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. so much fun. So what does training teach then? Like, it's not I something... Gotta, it teaches focus and discipline. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Technique over strength, adversity training, gentle art definition. Dude, fuck all that. Here's what like, training what is it? Tell me what is, what is, like, what does it do in real life? Training teaches you that if you have to, you can beat the living shit out of someone. Okay. And once you know you can beat the shit out of someone, you don't go around trying to beat the shit out of people. Okay. It's like if you have a gun in your house, you know you can shoot someone. You know what you don't want to really do? Shoot someone. Yeah. But now you know you can. All right. I, let me put it a different way then. The guys that I admire when I see them roll, whether it's Gordon or whomever, are the guys that roll smooth. Oh, yeah. Like they quietly expend the little energy, that kind of thing. I'm not looking for like a, like a whole circus act going on out Slow there. Slow is technical. Technical is fast. So that's what I'm kind of getting at. And that to me is really, really cool to watch. Although I really, really dig like, like when Max is uh, bopping around like that or any of the younger guys doing that on the, uh, on the mats, it's really cool to watch. But I don't know. It's the guys that just boa constrictor people that really uh, does it for me. Yeah, that full control. And uh, listen, I'm kind of like the same way. Um, just because for me, I'm like, that's what transitions to like the streets so much better. Okay. Someone who can just like take you down, hold you there, move around, you know. And listen, like we like we mentioned Max. Max can do those things. Max mm-hmm. just likes to be, you know, a high flyer. Yeah. But, you know, he ain't going to invert on concrete. Like, it's not, that's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> it's funny. I asked my son. I was like, Benny, who's your favorite, like, jujitsu guy? Like at the school, and he goes, Coach Max. Uh-huh. And I was like, Why do you like Coach Max? And he goes like this, because he does wild things. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, he watches Max train. And he's like, that guy is nuts. But it, it really is. But even with the guys here, right? And it's not just like we're talking about physical altercations and things like that. But it really does give you a certain confidence. Like how many people have come in here with low self esteem, right? low confidence they just you know kind of like you know uh, you know i call them limp dicks like they're just okay. uh, like these like little flaccid peepees mm-hmm. just like well, you know i'm i'm really looking for something to get in shape and but then after six months they're different people they're different people yeah, absolutely it, i've seen that many many times it, you know i think a lot of it is part you know becoming part of the tribe when now you realize like i have a group yeah. i've been accepted in the, and that's something you get in jujitsu especially if you're at a good school you know, there's some schools that kind of run it like a business where it's like, oh, these are my teammates. Yeah, until they kick you the fuck out at 845. <laughs> They're like, nope, last round. Let's go. Right. You know, here, Ocean County, um, Garrett Lavage's Academy, Bergen County, so many schools. I'm, go- I'm only going to list our affiliation, Gary Tonin. But even get guys like, you know, uh, uh, you know, Method Jiu-Jitsu. And, you know, there's so many schools in the area that in New Jersey were spoiled. There's a lot of great schools. But they actually have a team. Yeah. We're like, you know, whether you want to say like, oh, it's a good school, it's not a good school, it doesn't matter. Like the people there are benefiting from being part of a tribe. Yeah. You know, Pete McHugh does a great job with that. You Where said Metacus has another Metacus is another one. House you of know, Salt. You know, House of Salt. Ricardo's. Yeah. House of Salt's blowing up. Uh, you know, Ricardo's like, you're a part of something. And being a part of something now gives you a little sense of confidence. Because yeah. you know if something really happened, you have, you know, you have a group with you. But then it's the fact that every day you're pushing yourself with these people. Mm. And if you have a core group of senior students who take you in, they're pushing you a little bit more every day, every day. And you get stronger every day. You get better 
every day. I could see that. And you see it with the kids too, yeah. man. You see it with the kids. I've had parents come in here and cry, talking about how they had a kid who, you know, didn't want to school, go to school, was nervous every night, and now they wake up, dress themselves, brush their teeth, ready to go to school, come home, take off their shirt, walk around shirtless. <laughs> and, you know, they're That's like, you awesome. know, sometimes I got to tell them to relax, but, you know, seeing my son with that confidence, it's like, it's beautiful. where did that come from? I was like, because he's here every day right. with a group of people that care about him that he feels comfortable with. And they like attack each other. That's beautiful. So, all right, let's take the guy. How does it change with the guy that did study wrestling prior? That the guy that did maybe do a little boxing or did do a little taekwondo, and now they're taking BJJ. How, do you see a difference in the way they uh, they act? Like you said, Steve, for instance. Steve yeah. is so like enthusiastic about BJJ. I just love talking with him about it. Well, you know what it is too, and I feel like. Especially with jujitsu. I mean, with MMA, it's different because everyone, especially nowadays, MMA is proficient in everything. Right. Right? But, and I'm going to stand on this. If you go pound for pound, martial art for martial art, anyone that trains anything else and then trains jujitsu realizes that this can beat them mm -hmm. on many different fronts. Go watch the original UFCs. Go watch the, you know, the 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 Gracie combat videos or like, you know, the Gracie challenge videos mm -hmm. where they were literally inviting anyone and everyone into their basement and beating them with jujitsu. Right. So eliminating MMA where it's like, yeah, MMA right now, there's no there's no legitimate BJJ UFC champ. But here's the thing. Every UFC champion knows jujitsu. You have to. If you don't know it, you're going to lose. Mm. Period. So someone who used, used to so be a wrestler. This is a baseline skill set. This is a baseline skill set. Right. Like if you are a wrestler and you go into a jiu-jitsu gym, go ahead, get your takedown. You're going to get triangle choked. You know, if you're a boxer and you go into a jiu-jitsu gym, go ahead. You're probably going to throw a couple punches. They're going to close the distance, take you down. You're going to get choked. Mm -hmm. It wins every time. And that's already been proven. You know, now it's... That was the whole purpose of the UFC. That was the whole purpose of the UFC. It's been proven. Jiu-jitsu right. is the most effective martial art. Now... If you can take jujitsu and add some stuff to that. Wrestling, add striking. Add some wrestling, add like, yeah. some striking. Now you're a dangerous human being. Heck yeah. But you know, I also but I but for me, I think the most dominant martial art is is jujitsu and then I would say wrestling. Because even wrestling will beat jujitsu, right? So like a wrestler will take down a jujitsu guy. You won. You accomplished what wrestling does. But then what? Right. Like jujitsu starts on the ground. That's, you know, the big thing, like, you know, and with strikers, it's the same thing. You got to be careful. They can hit you and you can get knocked out. So you got to learn how to close distance. But if you get your hands on that striker, it's over. It's yeah. done. Yeah. It's a wrap. Totally. Let's talk about philosophy then. Um, when I think of jujitsu, I've always said the word meritocratic, but there's no wokeness in this. There's no identity politics. There's no victims. You win because you're good. You know, and that's so internally fulfilling. And you lose because you need to improve. If it's done right, you can go to IBJJF and lose because, you know, your last <laughs> name's not Brazilian <laughs> enough. Uh, but no, you're right. But as far it, as a philosophy, like your mental, uh, how does so, BJJ work in real life as far as your philosophy? Let's let's take away tournaments, right? Let's just right. talk about your own jiu-jitsu. Just training, yeah. With training, 
and you'll get people that quit because of this, right? Your improvement, I don't want to say solely is based on you, but it's on you. Yeah. People often ask, like, how can I get better faster? Train more. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, but like, you know, my schedule doesn't let me do that. Like, should I watch more videos? It's like, yeah, go ahead. Watch all the YouTube videos you want. Right. They'll help. They will help. But guess what's going to happen when you try that YouTube move in class? Yeah. It's not going to work. And it's so frustrating. So yeah. now you know something that will work when you learn how to use it the right way. You can watch shooting videos all day long. You're not going to know how to shoot. Right. You can watch porn all day long. You're not going to know how to fuck. There's you do no pick up nice tips with porn. There's you do. <laughs> there's no substitute for time on the mats. And Without a doubt. You have to learn that your shortcomings are because of you. You didn't get promoted at this last belt promotion. Why? Ask yourself why. Oh, because I didn't buy merchandise. Oh, because I don't kiss professor's ass. Okay, or because you took six months off. Or because you haven't really trained as much as you think. I had a student one time who was like, you know, I should be getting promoted. I train this much. I train that much. And I was like, no, you don't. He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you've been to one class in the last five weeks. He's like, no, I just came the other day. I'm like, and I pulled up the attendance. I was like, the other day was five <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And like, you see that moment. And I'm like, you've attended four classes in the last two and a half months. Right. And they're like, oh, I could have sworn I was coming in more. And I was like, yeah, you do come in. There's days where you come in and you sit down and you watch. Or there's days where you come in and you hang out in my office. Those days you're not training. Or that doesn't count. Or there's days where you're there to take the class and you don't stick around to roll afterwards. Right. That to me is a, is a big... Uh... I mean, I hate to say this, but you know, anyone who's training here who listens, I want to promote everyone. Right. I want everyone to get their next belt. But I also have to be honest. And I can't just give you a belt because you have the time. When was the last time I've seen you roll? And here's the other thing. When was the last time I rolled with you? Because I make it, I do a pretty good job of rolling with you hit everyone. Everybody. Absolutely. I've had nights where like Max or Manny are like, hey, can I get around? I'm like, guys, I love you tonight. I got to roll with these people because mm -hmm. I haven't trained with them in, you know, a month or two months or three months. And they're getting close to a new belt and I got to see where they're at. Right. So if you're not doing that, if you're not giving me something to see where you're right. ready for your next belt, how am I going to give it to you? All right. So how does that work in real life then? Perfect. Okay. Here's how it works in real life. You start eliminating, placing the blame on everything else and That's, you start becoming so self-accountable. Absolutely. You didn't get that promotion at work. Why? What did you not right. do? You were denied that raise. What did you not do? So when you start putting your time in, working, holding yourself accountable, making yourself solely responsible for what you're doing in this world, it makes it easier. You didn't get it this time around? No problem. I'll double down. I'll get to more classes. I'll stay for the live training. I'll take over when my boss is out. I'll take over that new class. I'll Give me that project. Right. Oh, but you're already working on one, Jim. I don't care. Give me that one. I'm going to knock them both out of the Jim fucking park. Jim is such an asshole. No, I'm but it, Jim, oh Jim, <laughs> but you learn like it ultimately falls on me yeah. because in jujitsu there's no fucking blaming it on anyone else. There's would, people like that they end up quitting or going to different schools. You know what happens? They fucking find out the same thing over there. Yeah. Or sometimes they go to schools and get promoted super quick, 
And it's like, well, Hold yeah, you went, you went to a shittier school. See, I, Although, I want to give this a quick shout out. Yeah. One of our students got promoted very quickly to Purple Belt okay. at a new school. and Doty? Yeah. yeah little awesome. Alex Doty. He's been at Essential for... Year and a half. Year, year and a half. Something like that, yeah. Right? And he had he had just gotten a blue belt, what, like maybe like a couple months before he left? They're recognizing his work. And they it's recognize it over there. So they're recognizing his work. And part of me is like, we sent them a pretty fucking good blue belt. Yeah. So, for, a, and I, I will say this, when the students here saw that, uh, number one, two things. Nobody got like butthurt about it, which can happen. Okay. People are like, Yo, he's at a new school. He got his purple belt. Blah, 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 blah. Nobody did that. Everybody was super excited for him, right? Right. So that shows that, you know, even though Doty no longer is technically our student, he's still a part of this tribe. Right. We love him to death. He comes in to train. We all make fun of him and bust his balls. We're like, oh, you're going to put on your gi? You're going to put on your gi? <laughs> you're going to teach us some JT Torres jiu-jitsu? Uh, because we love him and we bust his balls. But number two... Everybody was so proud that he got his purple belt pretty quickly because they're like, wait a minute. He's bringing skills. Like if, if they're recognizing it over there, then they look around in here. They're like, we got something here. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like you guys think I'm fucking crazy because that's the other <laughs> thing too. We're still a very new school. You know, we're only six years old. That's not a school that's got 10, 15, 20 years, right? People are still like slowly buying into what we're right. doing. I agree. You know, some of the OGs kind of already know it. But, you know, these newer generation guys are figuring out, which, by the way, we're going to have promotions pretty soon. It's going to be a lot of belts changing colors. Awesome. I love it. Question. When you win or when you pull a move off in jiu-jitsu, I'm, I'll make the statement. You win by recognizing an opening because you're calm and you take advantage of that opening. It's not a brute That second part the hardest part. So what I'm getting at is that is an amazing lesson to use in real life. You recognize your openings. You're not just, you know, banging after things. Bash, bashing your head like you even the wall. talked about, like with dating girls, mm -hmm. you created a, a a calm atmosphere. You recognize the opening, and then you took advantage of that. So that to me is BJJ in in my mind. So it's funny because they were they asked John Danaher in an interview what makes Gordon different from everyone else. And he gave a whole bunch of a bunch of stuff. Right. But the one thing that he says, he says, Gordon Ryan also knows how to pull the trigger faster than any jujitsu athlete I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. He's like, so many guys work hard to create the opportunity, create the reaction, and then they miss it. And it, it's like, you know, like with wrestling, right? You take a guy who's been wrestling since they were four years old. Man, they take a wrestling shot, like it's second nature, just whoop. But you take like a jujitsu guy who's been training wrestling for like four years, that shot's not coming off as effortless because they hesitate. Mm. You've got to, you work so hard on creating this movement, creating this reaction. And then when you finally get it, you don't pull the trigger because you know, if you mess up and you misread it, it could end up bad. Now you got your guard pass. Now you're mounted. Mm. Now you're in turtle. You've got to be ready to pull the trigger. And I think one thing you learn in jujitsu is you can't just work so hard to create the opportunity and then not pull the trigger when it's time to do it. We talked about dating. You can do all that stuff, but if you don't pull the trigger and say, hey, what are you doing after here tonight? Mm, right. You, you blew it. Ask for the yeah, sale. It's, it's like, so, uh, you know, you know, you want to get together sometime? Nah, dude. Ask nah. for the sale. Right now. Get them right. home tonight. Yeah. Take them to the penthouse. Um, <laughs> you know, you're at work. You know, you're doing all this work, doing all this work, grinding. And then when your boss is like, you know, you're really doing a great job. Thanks, Bill. No, I was like, thanks, Bill. I agree. 
So what else can I do for you? Yeah, exactly. You know, what's the next step? Don't be scared to knock on that door and say, you got a minute. And I think jujitsu definitely implants that in your head. It teaches you how to pull that And trigger. it's not aggression. No. It's you're just recognizing the opportunity and you're taking advantage of it. Yes. So, An opportunity that you created, created without by doubt. taking the proper steps. Right. Next thing. I think it didn't really, when I think of BJJ in real life, I don't ever see BJJ guys saying, oh, I put on some weight after I started BJJ. No, it goes the exact opposite. Yeah. You're getting in better shape. You're living better. You're eating right. You're cross training. You're getting better sleep in my book. That to me is BJJ in real life as well. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm so glad you brought that up (laughs) because even when like, like, and I don't don't just want to say BJJ guys, but like guys or people in general guys and girls who are like you know bjj or wrestling or mma or anything nobody ever just like hey man how's your weights like i put on a few pounds ever <laughs> you, you know what they say that. that's they what say this like dude i'm a fat piece of shit right now it's like i'm a useless <laughs> fuck like i'm a i'm such a waste of life right now okay. i put on six pounds during christmas like it's so like it's got to come off. It's yeah. like, we got to work. We got to work right now. You know, you see the guys in there like training in the hoodie and they're like, dude, I got to work. It's like, man, you look good. It's like, dude, I'm a fat fuck right now. <laughs> like no one is like, thanks. I'm a little heavy. No, everyone's like extreme. It's like, I'm in great shape or I'm a waste of life. Like if I gain another pound, like just fucking put a bullet in my head. It's very extreme, but that comes from accountability, you know, holding yeah. yourself accountable, holding each other accountable. You know, like we tell each other over here, like, oof, you're looking a little heavy right now. <laughs> like, you have to do it. <laughs> but um, I don't really see that much of that. Hold on. We got a guest in here. Where are you going? Uh, Everyone, Steve uh, Worthington in the Steve building. Steve Worthington. Absolutely. Steve, say hi to the fans. Hi, Tapping in Podcast. <laughs> He's so nervous. Steve, like, always has something to say. Then he walked in. He goes, hello, hello. I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> Steve, what are you doing for New Year's? I will be working. I'll be serving about 700 guests. Jeez. Um, Seasons 52, baby. Seasons 52, Bridgewater. Go look for Steve. He's he's a tall drink of water. You're a level one sommelier? Level one sommelier. Level one sommelier. So now, what sommelier. is that? Like, what is a, a level one sommelier? So you have the quartermasters. Uh, okay. Fly you out get in to, here. Get in here. Uh, you have the quartermasters. <laughs> they fly you out to Orlando, Florida, and you take an exam. So it's That's a great test. Uh, you have about four master sommeliers. Uh, put you through a course like a two-day course that's awesome uh, a lot of studying there's like a pre-test you take on a gallo which is like an online school um and there's level one level two then that's there's amazing psalm, and then there's master psalm there are no restaurants that do that sort of thing so there, if you get a chance there's a documentary called psalm and it's about these four guys trying to get their master somalia wow. dude it is wild it's real deal no, they'll take like a sip of the wine and tell you like what like random little country in Europe it comes from, you can do and that, that they probably no. Level, okay. level, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I know all like the growing regions of right. titles. If you go to Disney Springs, there's a, a restaurant called Wine Bar George. George okay. Leotis. He was the master psalm that I studied under. Wow, so it's that is stuff. really really cool. Yeah. Really cool stuff. I don't know. Welcome back, Mr. Roy. Thank Happy you, one enjoy your New Year's. I will see Appreciate you guys. It. Love you, baby. Take care. See you next Always year, buddy. Love you. A little something for the juju. Oh, thank you, buddy. Beauty, beauty. So one of the best people on the planet. Right anyone there. who knows my wife, my daughter's name is Juliana. We call her Juju. Um, it's funny. Like, so we typically do the podcast at night and it's like broad daylight right now. It's the open mat before the holiday season. So everyone's like waving and saying goodbye, but I'm going to bring some people in. Let me get this guy in here. Love it. 
Let's get it. let's get Evan in here. Send everyone a happy new year. Uh, some of the some of the guests that you guys hear about all the time. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like so nervous to come in here. All right, in studio we got Evan right now. Evan, come in, say happy new year to the tapping in fans. Just as a just as an introduction, Evan is one of probably my top one to three people in this school. Just one of the definitely, not, definitely not top one. I'm top one. I made you a are you are no doubt, podcast. but just interesting. And just one of the brightest kids I've come across in a long time. So, Evan, real quick, let's give you a, a little insight on this topic. We're talking about how does jiu-jitsu apply to real life? How does it affect you? So, you've been training now for about three years, little, almost, almost more than three years, right? You're about to be a blue belt for three years. What has you, have you noticed has been the biggest change since you started training Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Come into the microphone, sir. Yeah. To the microphone. <laughs> Get philosophical. On I was this told time. I was never allowed to be on this podcast. So <laughs> just want that on the record. Uh, I think the biggest change is uh, like you don't feel afraid of social situations because you're too busy being afraid. Spot on. That's exactly what we were talking about. People at the gym and getting strangled by, you know, a 250 pound man. Really makes sending an email a lot easier. Two two hundred and thirty-eight pounds. <laughs> I wasn't saying you. I'm just saying before people get ideas. Two thirty-eight. We're, we're keeping it like we're getting down there. Uh, so you have no idea what we were talking about in here, and we were literally just talking about that. It's like when you train a physical activity with people who know what they're doing, everything else becomes easier. Yeah. Like giving a, a presentation at school when you're 13 years old is easier. How does this work in terms of real life, though? That's what we're discussing. Like, like you're a very philosophical guy. Like, how do you see this segueing into your real life? Getting close, getting close. I also want the record to state that I have to kind of squat down into Miguel's lap <laughs> to be a guest on this podcast. There's I will no take a picture of that. Or third chair. <laughs> um, not the first time he's been there. No. But uh, how does it translate into real life? Uh, like in your life, seriously. Like when you walk around, do you walk around calmer now, in or like? My life. There I, mean, I still are places. walk around like a neurotic, crazy person sometimes, <laughs> like listening to music, thinking about, you know, what if the apocalypse happens while I'm at the grocery store? Because okay. really every time I'm like, if I leave the house in flip-flops, which you do a lot because you do right. jiu-jitsu, I'm like, this is when it's going to happen. The, the roads are going to shut down. I'm going to have to fight my way through in fucking flip-flops. <laughs> but, uh, so no, I still think about that stuff, but... Uh, you know, when I was a bouncer, like if someone grabs you, you're not like right. Ah, you're calm let's about fight. it. Right. Is, I, you know, it sounds dumb to. No, it doesn't at all, man. Samurai, but no, that's that's literally some of the things we were saying. All right, this this podcast is going wild right now. We got Max in the building now. Big Maxie oh Greenberg, God. another one who didn't celebrate Christmas. My little Hebrew friend, <laughs> Max. The question that we've been asking, and you guys haven't heard anything. Jiu-jitsu in a real-life setting. You've been training for almost four years now. What is the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since you've started changing? Or since you've started training? Um, there's a confidence in it that I didn't have before. Um, I'm a smaller person. I walk around about 135, 140. And <laughs> Definitely 135. When was, <laughs> la- when was the last time you saw 140, you fucking liar? Uh, and not like right after you ate Chinese food on Christmas Day. <laughs> Like 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 four pounds of white rice in general chows doesn't make you 140. You took a shit, you're right back at 135. Jesus Christ. 
He's like, in case my opponents are listening, I'm bulking up right now. Like, no, you're not. You're still a skinny shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, so but as a smaller person, it does give me a confidence against someone bigger that I can handle myself fine. Like, I'm not worried about that. And now what about, like, non-physical real-life situations? How is, do you feel that it's helped you in, like, regular life? Um, well, jujitsu, you have to take different steps to reach a goal and life is in the same way. Like you have, it's very, it helps me map out things in my life, like picking pieces of like what to do and how to do it and picking a path. It's phenomenal. I'm curious how you came out of a wrestling background. Get in there. I can't hear you. If you can't hear it on your headphones, you can't hear it. Max came out of a real strong wrestling background and I'm curious because I said that jujitsu creates a different mindset as opposed to wrestling. Mm-hmm. So how is that working? <laughs> um, I think it's, it is a different mindset, but it is very similar in the fact that you just have to get in every day and work. Like it's, there's nothing really else to get better than just working hard. And that's, that's the main thing wrestling taught me that brought over into jujitsu. I love that these guys came in here and just reiterated everything <laughs> we've been talking about. It's like, like, like this isn't bullshit. This is really what it does for you. And, and like, they just got done training. We're in here, like, you know, flapping our gums. They were actually out there training, getting rounds in. And what people don't realize is when you talk to someone after training, there's no, the brain can't create bullshit. It just comes out real. Like Evan's talking about wearing flip flops. And he's like, this is when Armageddon happens when I have no socks on my feet and I'm going to be frozen. Probably how it happens. You'll hear it on the episode. All right. Both of you get the fuck out of here. Happy new year. Yes. Yes. Love you, buddy. Happy New Year. I like learning and I like reading books and jujitsu is one of the coolest things to learn ever. Like whether it's playing chess or computer programming or anything, like you get to learn how to fight people. And that's just fucking cool. Sorry for cursing, but no. More cursing is needed in this world as yeah, far yeah. as I'm concerned. Alright, get out of here. Learn stuff. Happy New Year, buddy. Love you. Awesome. How great are those guys? I, so I like I don't know if people under like caught this. I tell all my students that I love them because yeah. I do. Like when they leave, like I give them hugs. I'm like, love yeah, you, love you, buddy, love you. I think more people need to get comfortable saying I love you to people Absolutely. they care about. Absolutely, you know, and like they they know I mean it. Yeah, and you know, every now and then you'll that's get that's another jujitsu thing. Oh, that's just like love, love, love you, brother, love you, brother, love you, brother. And you notice it like the first time someone says it backwards, like, all right, professor, I'm out here. It's like, all right, go home safe, buddy. Hey. Love you. Do you think people are thrown off by that when they first join the community? Yeah, because I've had people like where I'm like, "Hey, love you." They're like, "Love you too." (laughs) But then like they leave and they realize and like, "Wait a minute, you know what? Like, I do love him. Like, I do love my professor. Like, he opened up a school. He gives me something to do. Like, he cares about people." And they realize like, "I, I genuinely love you guys." That's why you know it's it's heartbreaking when people quit or people stop yeah, training. So it's yeah, like yeah. it's not just my time and my effort it's like i fucking cared so much about you let me throw this at you we're yeah. getting sidetracked but you know let me throw I want, no, I no, love, this I is actually this is part of my part of our discussion but man they really said everything we've been talking about max put it the right way though not Absolutely. to cut you off where he's no, like right. in jujitsu you have to figure out the steps you're going to take mapping to get, which is a beautiful yeah, you have way to map to it, it out he's like yeah. life is the same Incredible. way you gotta map out what you're doing i'm like See, god damn that's a good one max you're you and I are both very religious people, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I you know I think of Christianity as my my cousin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Every every Christian that I know is my cousin, because it's based in in what I come from. When I think of jujitsu, it's like it's almost like a gospel, and that's why I sense a happiness 
that's why I sense the, you know, whenever I see somebody that wearing a Henzo shirt or something like that in the airport, like I once did, it, it, there's a there's a kindred thing there. Yeah. And it's very much the, yeah, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. You're like, give me a big bro hug kind of thing. It's different. So I'm going to I'm going to that's you, where it gets to Christianity for me. Yeah. And I know, can see that. It, it, it because Very much a gospel. It is. And you're both singing the same gospel. And I'm yeah. going to tell you something even crazier. Okay. There's a certain different, there's like a different level to that gospel when you get your black belt. Hmm. So you'll meet another Explain black that. belt. Yeah, yeah, so. I've noticed this when I got my black belt. Like I would see, like you know, you know, you know, jujitsu guys on the train, right? Right. And some of them I knew, some of them I didn't. And you know, every now and then I'd see one that maybe I didn't. I'd be like, hey, you know, I, you know, I trained jujitsu too. I was like, so yeah. it's a pleasure to meet you. They're like, oh man, how long have you been training? I'm like, oh, like ten years. They're like, oh, what what belt rank? And I'm like, um, I'm a black belt. Yeah. And like they like lean, they're like, ah, oh, God, I have brother come, <laughs> and then they hug you because oh, like now like that person they know knows what you went through. It's like, oh, you like you did it. Yeah. You're not like a blue belt or no, no, yeah. like, you you made it to black belt. It's yep. like I know what those waters were like. So when you meet someone, it's like, yeah, I'm a black belt. It's like, listen, whether they're you know, some people say like there's black belts and there's black belts, and there are, but at the end of the day, that person dedicated minimum eight to ten years to get that black belt absolutely and you know someone said something the other night i want to say it was max or steve oh steve he's like you know i've been training for six years now and you start to realize how much people's lives change but jujitsu stays consistent yeah and i said that's a great way of putting it to the people that make it to black belt hmm. i was like some people their lives change and this falls to the wayside i'm like but the people that make it to black belt it took effort to keep this part of your life, you know, one day a week, two days a week. You know, jobs change, marital status changes, you have kids. I tell everyone, I was 21 years old when I started training jiu-jitsu, single, living in my mom's attic, the right. penthouse. I got my black belt. I was 28 years old, 29 years old, married, first baby on the mm. way, had a mortgage. Life changed. No but doubt. somehow, I stayed on the mats. Granted, I say somehow, but the reality is I love the sport. I was on a great team, and I had coaches and teammates that wouldn't let me forget that I had to be on the mat. Yeah, because you always talk about that time that there was a period of time where you like you didn't know what that next step. You had been yeah. training for a while. So I, I was going to say that one of the things with jiu-jitsu as far as that goes is you're going through pain. You're going through injury, you're, yeah. you're, you know, but you're still coming back. So when I hear people saying, oh, I got injured in this and that, like I'm getting over a real bad knee injury right now and I'm finally over it and I can't wait to start training. How did you get hurt? (laughs) I don't want to say. It wasn't jujitsu. Just say this. Was it jujitsu? No. Nope. It was pickleball. Pickleball. (laughs) Don't do it. You've been training here for six years nonstop. (laughs) You never got destroyed that way. No. Pickleball took you out for almost two months. (laughs) And here's the worst part about it. The doctor actually said to me, he goes, you're still going to do jujitsu? I said, yeah. So he goes, uh, well, look, don't do anything like with quick movement. I'm like, that's the entire thing. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, like I, I so I just said, listen, that, that's really not how I do it. I'm, I, so I'm going to be in those situations. He goes, all right, yeah. then I'll see you in about two weeks. You'll I'm, be fine. You'll oh, be fine. I know. I, but I'm just telling you, like, that's what I admire about black belts. They've been through the, the injuries. They've been through the pain. They've been through the, 
Oh, man. Those tough times where you're like, I'm not getting anywhere with this shit. I was, uh, we had Katie Hooven visit last week, and we right. were joking around about this. Because I think like she had like a shoulder injury, and I think Steve was talking about his knee, and I was like... I was like, they always say jiu-jitsu is good for your body. I was like, jiu-jitsu is good for your, body for your body until purple belt. Right. At purple belt, you're now just destroying your body. Like, you know, get oh to like mid-level God. blue belt, learn what you can, and preserve your body. But if you want to get your black belt, just know there's at least one serious injury coming. Easy peasy, At least man. one. It's yeah. going to happen. And there's, it's so stupid. It's like sometimes you know, like you jam your finger or something like that, and you're just like, that doesn't mean a damn thing. No. <laughs> because, but in the past, you'd be like, Fuck, I'm out for like. Dude, I I ripped the tendon on my pinky. I never <laughs> fixed it. My the aim, it's not straight. My pinky, that's it. I can't lift it up. Nice. But after a while, I was like, that doesn't hurt anymore, and I can grip. Just rock out. Good stuff. All right, man. All right. So I, I actually got to pop pretty soon. So I no, just want to get to these uh, these things here. Fun fact: eleven of the last twelve Disney movies have lost money. Yep. That is crazy. I don't think it's that crazy. Nah. Have you seen the last Disney movies? Yeah. I, I'm Very woke. It has cost them a billion dollars. Very woke. You know what, what Disney did? They had a winning formula. Yeah. And then they, they fucked fl- with the formula. They flushed it down the toilet. Unbelievable. And they're going to lose more money. I know. You they got Elon nothing Musk, in the tank. You got Elon Musk calling them out. Wow. That whole incident, go fuck yourself. Yeah. He's talking to the guy from Disney Plus. Bob Iger. Yeah. Oh, my He's God. like, hi, Bob. I know you're watching. All right. Ready for a game? Oh, always, baby. All right. This is called the reputation game. Okay. There are 20 things. It's just a quick thing off the top of your head. I'll give you a name. You give me the reputation in your mind. Okay. And it's not just jujitsu. Okay. Gordon. <laughs> Fucking goat. <laughs> Best ever. Legend. Okay. Tom. <sighs> changed the game. That's awesome. Tom changed the game. He Tom, Tom taught everyone how to properly market. Beautiful. Gary. The most exciting grappler in the world. <laughs> hands down. When I when I and not and I've said this before, not because he's my friend, but when I see Gary Tonin on a card, I'm watching. Beautiful. Lovato. <sighs> Man. Tested and true. Just a winner yeah. on every level. You know, ADC. See, I think of him as like no matter how old he gets, he still brings this intensity and this pressure and, and you know. Dude, the guy just wins at every level. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whether it's MMA or whatever it is, life. I mean, he's got a great school out in Oklahoma. Nicest guy, too. Is he? Yeah. Right. yeah. Jacked. Oh, is he? Jacked as okay. shit. Yeah. The Gracies. Just reputation off the Reputation top of for the Gracies. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, what I would say for as far as reputation. I mean... <laughs> They're the forefathers. That's what I think. You know? I, I think like just they brought such a gift. You know? Yeah, like without them without them there's no tapping in podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, you know, everyone talks everyone's about everyone's life is different. Yeah, everyone talks about the big waves, but they've those big waves have made so many small ripples in this mm-hmm. world that they've impacted. They've changed American culture, if you really think about it, with jujitsu and what's happening. It's like Right. They they're just their reputation is their their impact will live forever. Right. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, new Wave. New Wave, uh, where you want to train if you want to be an ADCC champion. Beautiful. All right. Same sort of thought process, B-team. Uh, where you want to train if you want to have a lot of fun. Okay. I totally understand what you're getting at. We were talking about like hierarchies of the different uh, teams now. Yeah. 
You know, you got Craig, you got the two Rodriguez boys. New Wave is uh, Alabama. Okay. You go there to win national titles. Okay. Um, B team is Colorado right now with Dion. A <laughs> oh, lot of fun, a lot of excitement, but you know, there's there's differences. You know, and listen, yeah. like you know, I'm not saying that Colorado is not going to go on to win. I'm not saying B team doesn't have some studs, the but as- the ascend <laughs> there is a difference. Yeah. I I really. And I know I, this is controversial because yeah, there, I don't think you can have too much fun and be successful. Okay. That makes sense. I, I don't I believe really that. know where you're coming from. With you that. know, that's what I'm saying. There's Bill Belichick. You know, John Donaher is Bill Belichick. Right. You know, you're not going to get any sound bites. You're not going to get anything crazy. Uh, you know, B team is like Mike McDaniel. It's okay. exciting. It's fun. It's this. It's that. Could they win a Super Bowl? Maybe. But, you know, we're, we're, they're doing things a little differently over there. Okay. And we're trying to see how that system works. But they a- got some studs over there. Not a- taking anything away from them. ADCC. Oh, man. The greatest grappling tournament in no, the world. I think Super Bowl. Like, it is. It's 100% the Super Bowl. Right. And, you know, the fact that ADCC is doing an open, just an open, where IBJJF has their world titles, right. man, that was a flex. Tells you something. That was a flex. Big it's time. like, we're not even going to do our worlds here. We're going to do an open. Right. <laughs> uh, Mo Jassim. Man. Uh, Mo's reputation. Mo's a, Mo's a fucking winner. He you is. tell Mo he can't do something, he's going to shove it up your ass. Wow. Like, he's just, he's hit on all marks. And it's all marks that people told him he would never do. He's like the Dana White at this point. Yes. You, like where Dana was, like yes. when the UFC was really starting to hit its stride. Yeah. Like in your mid-2000s. Yeah. He's, when when Dana was saying, we're going to be legal in every state. Right. People were like, you're crazy. Mo's like, we're going to sell out T-Mobile. And people are mm-hmm. like, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> right. And he's like, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Okay. Let me uh, branch out a little bit. Vegas. Fight capital of the world. Yeah. Now, and I'm it's always been, too. Combat sports capital of the world. Right. Because now with ADCC, that's where the grappling matches should be. Yeah. That's where the big ones have to be, period. You can get yeah. the whole world to come down to Vegas. I just feel so good when I land in that airport. Like, everything there is so well, good. There's the slot machines right there. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brazil. I mean, you know, it's the it's, homeland. It's the homeland. Yeah. You know, like when everyone talks about like, you know, visiting, going home, you know, like uh, I know like, you know, Jewish people have like the rite of passage where you go to Israel <laughs> yep. and, you know, like, you know, being Puerto Rican, like guys go back to Puerto Rico. Like mm-hmm. if you train jujitsu going to Brazil, like it, it's unfortunate. I have the opportunity to go to Brazil for 10 days and I have to turn it down. I can't leave. I can't leave my family for 10 days okay, and then do it, trial. Yeah. It's too much. But it, it there's got to be something. That's that kind of a dream like, trip, I would imagine. Ah, oh, dude, and I'm yeah. fucking fully paint too. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's that. I'm trying to see if I can finagle like five. Like, like, right. like can I just do like a trial? Right. Um, but I, I feel like it's one of those things that when you're there, you kind of get it. Yeah. Like you understand. You're like, I get number one why this sport is so popular. I get why I love it so much and right. the culture, like why it is the way it is. Uh, I, yeah, I think Motherland is just, that's the way to this to call it. That's the way to describe it. Wow. Awesome. Uh, Japan. Dream come true. Japan is the, the if, if 
Brazil is the motherland for jiu-jitsu. Japan is the motherland for martial arts. Yeah, that's how I was thinking too. Like if you've ever done anything martial martial art related, anything warrior samurai related, anything where you've had to challenge your physical body with against another human being, Japan is that place. That's why mm-hmm. so many fighters dream about fighting in Japan. It's like mm-hmm. that's where it started. You know, it's it's something. It's, it's got to be something so spiritual. Beautiful. Uh, U.S. Ooh. <laughs> Next in line, baby. U.S. is next. U.S. is really good at taking things from other places and, and make, making it way better, and then pretending like it never came. From it, there. They're like the apple of countries. Like, yeah, <laughs> people invented these other things, but we just take it to the next yeah. level. We're gonna make it so good, and then when someone yeah. says, "You know, that came from China," we're like, "No, it didn't." <laughs> it's like you know that submission grappling shit came from Brazil, and starting Japan's like, "No, Gordon Ryan was born and raised in New Jersey." It's like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and now for our buddies across the pond, the UK. Uh, they're catching up. Yeah. Some talent over there. They're catching up. Even the fact that the heavyweight champion of the world right now mm-hmm. is, uh, you know. They are catching up. Beautiful. All right. Hip hop. Ruined. Destroyed. <laughs> it's just, okay. It's so bad right now. Hip hop's reputation right now is that it's completely gone to shit. Okay. It's gone too mainstream. These kids have sold their souls to people that have a lot of money and they're not telling us anything about life on the streets. Hip hop used to be telling us a story, telling us what was going I on. I know how impassioned you are about it. That's and now it's to... just, it's trash. Yeah. It's garbage. I'm not saying it's not catchy. Right. You know, right. it catches you. You know, you get stuck on some of those, but what are you saying? <laughs> Nothing. Country. Country music's taking over because they're doing what hip hop used to do. They're telling us a story. Yeah, they're telling us what's going on. They're whether, talking about yeah, whether feelings. it's like uh, Richmond, north of Richmond, mm-hmm. or, or any of these uh, things. It's, it, they're they're talking about what's happening. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Right. Which, if you think about it, kind of makes sense. And I'm going to explain why. Please, hip hop, hip hop, right? Tends to come from the inner cities. Right. Inner cities. I'm going to get political with this. Inner cities tend to be very blue. Right. So why would a Democrat want to let the music from that demographic, their demographic, come out and say anything negative? They want everything to sound hunky-dory, oh, like a party so and fun. So in other they've put their thumb on it a little it's bit. It's like, oh, 100%. It's like, look how good they're living. Look at this. And yeah. like that's what they're going to push Boy, that's out. That's a really cool thing to think. And they're going to continue to dumb down that demographic with this horrible fucking music that now the youth are listening to and they're 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 imitating the styles and the behavior yeah. they've always done it that way keep shooting each other keep aborting your kids I yeah mean, well now it's even worse now it's no like family just, they just keep pushing that yeah whereas with country music it tends to come from red states yeah and all they're talking about is how fucked up it is right now can't afford groceries can't and of course those people want that music to come out because they want everyone else is like this way you got to keep voting red for years, government really has interesting. government has always controlled how entertainment comes out because they utilize entertainment to continue to push their agenda that's and what really they want to get. Wow, that's very cool. Uh, classic rock, gotta ask. Well, it depends because lately <laughs> these young kids have been listening to what I listened to in high school and calling Seriously? it classic rock. Right. I hear classic rock. <laughs> I think you know Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, you think way old. Yeah. <laughs> They say classic rock. They're like, yeah, I just listened to you know some classic rock, some Dookie by Green Day. I'm like, what the fuck did you say? They're like, you know, some Linkin Park, you know, the classics. I'm like, oh my God, what is happening? All right, the last three. This is spiritual. Reputation, God. I think God's reputation is slowly getting taken away. See, I think we're going to turn back towards it. I agree. 
I agree, but I think we're only turning back towards it because we eliminated it for so long and realized we were lost. Yeah. It's like when you turn off your GPS and you're like, I don't need this. And they're like, I got to turn that bitch back on. I'm lost. Like, I'm not a fan of illegal immigration, but I think a lot of the immigrants that are coming over now are very religious. Yeah. You know, and the whole Latin American culture is very religious. I I think God becomes a scapegoat for a lot of things. Yeah. No doubt. It's unfortunate. And it's used badly. It's used badly. And and God should be used to uplift. For love. And to hope and faith. Charity. Although, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Christmas. Memories, nostalgia, or is it more? I got to tell you, my reputation for Christmas is it's better as a parent. That's interesting. Yeah, it's so much better now. It's deeper. Yeah, I at least like seeing my kids. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, see the magic. It's just about presents. Yeah, it's not. It's the magic. And like, like the most exciting part for my kids is like they get excited when like, you know, family comes over. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? And now like my mother-in-law sleeps over. Um, on Christmas Eve, which is, you know, a nice little tradition that we're starting. That's beautiful. You know, because, you know, John passed away and she doesn't want to wake up on Christmas Day alone. Absolutely. We're not going to do that to her. I'm not an asshole like that. <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> You're an asshole, just not like that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, last year she turned on the Christmas lights and I was like, make sure your mom knows not to fucking turn on the Christmas lights. Because it's like a snowman with a little lever. Right. So like when you push the lever, a trumpet comes up and goes, bah, 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 and then the Christmas tree goes, bah, 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 and the lights turn on and it's done oh wirelessly. She did it last year and I was like, yo. <laughs> Stop. Tell her not to fucking touch Stop. that switch again. So she knew very well that she goes, I'm not going to touch the switch. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Last one. Reputation for you. Family. Everything. Yeah. It's every, if you're not doing things, if the things that you're doing in your life aren't to better your family or to benefit your family or aren't, aren't done with your family on your mind, it's probably not going to succeed. Including your BJJ family too. I I think the reason why the school has grown and why my family is in the position that we're in is because every sacrifice that I've made, everything that I've ever done, while I'm not going to lie to you, some of them are selfish. I do want to see my own personal growth, Mm -hmm. but I always wonder how is this going to impact the school? Refing ADCC, going to these opens, it benefits the school. It benefits the mm-hmm. the podcast was done to benefit the school. Right. It's my way of talking. The whole point was to talk to the students, right? And then it kind of did what it did, you know. Growing a school and doing eighties, it's like, all right, how is this going to help my family at home? How and and it's creating more opportunity, which creates right. more money, which creates more freedom, which creates more comfort. Everything goes back to how is this going to benefit my family? It's and not just I'll, you in this world anymore, man. I, I, if it was just me, I probably wouldn't do half the shit I do. Yep, exactly. Period. If it was just me, I'd probably only have the school beautiful you know but every decision i make it's like how is this going to positively or negatively impact my family right and i you know it's a lot of thought process behind the things that i do people think i'm a wild man but the reality is i think 10 steps ahead absolutely i'm planning my exit route before i even walk in through the front door (laughs) i love it big three question give me your three favorite christmas carols (sighs) oh god three favorite i'll give you mine um chestnuts roasting on open fire Silent Night, gorgeous melody, mm-hmm. and whatever that song is. I don't know. That just reminds me of like seeing a movie during that time. I'll tell you what. Uh, I really like uh, Noel. On the first night. <laughs> Beautiful song. That's, I'll, I'll give you that one. Because then the other Christmas set carols do. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. I fucking hate Christmas carols. <laughs> <laughs> like when I hear them, I'm like, oh, God. Please stop. 
please stop. Although I do like the Pentatonix Christmas album. That's phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love their stuff anyway. Everything they do is good. It's like acapella. Yeah, it's amazing. beautiful. Yeah. They, make, they make beautiful harmony with their so mouth. Come on, you got two more. I know um, you. Like, when you hear it, it makes you feel warm. What is? What are those Christmas songs? Oh, uh, God. Noel. I really, I don't, it's not really a Christmas song, but I like that song, Hallelujah. Oh, it's gorgeous. So yeah. I'm going to throw that in there. Leonard Cohen, absolutely. Um, let me see what else. I don't like that 12 Days of Christmas shit. What about like Santa Claus is Coming to Town? No, don't Jingle like Bell it. Rock. No, don't like it. No. <laughs> What's that song by... Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick that song by. Uh, what about Do They Know It's Christmas? Band Aid. Nah, I'm good yeah. with that. It's a depressing song. I like that Wham song. Oh, that's it. Last Christmas, I, I gave, gave you my. Home. Oh, that's a great song, actually. I'm going with that one. All right, those are your three. Yeah, I'm going with those three. All righty, <laughs> that's it. We're back, baby. We're back, Roy. You gotta get out of here. You got band practice. Sure do. Hey, Happy New Year, buddy. Thank you, brother. Lashana Tova. That's right. Whatever. Happy New Year. That means Happy New Year. I feel like I know that because I sent that to you last year. Yeah, that's a Rosh Hashanah thing because I sent it to you during Rosh Hashanah. Yeah. yeah, I fucking pay attention, homeboy. Right. I got Google. <laughs> All right, hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, everybody. Talk Take to you next care. year. Bye bye.